just a great tool, man. These guys are closer to uh, lineup locks on Saturday. You'll have all your information out there. So get in on that. Very smart group of guys. It's what I use every week. So this is just the warm-up right here. This is the prelim. Those guys are the main event. That's what you really need to be looking at. But I'm going to give you three guys that I like that jump off the page to me. And uh, I'm going to start off with uh, a favorite who I think has a great opportunity in the fight and get, and get you big points. I'm going to keep my rosters this week a little bit more mid-range. So $8,600 for my favorite fighter on the card. Maybe my favorite fighter. Pretty close. Yoel Romero, minus 155 against Paulo Costa. Costa. Here's the thing about these guys. Uh, the two most impressive physical specimens on this card, probably two of the top four or five in all of the UFC. These guys are jacked, man. These guys are jacked. It's going to be a, an incredible fight. Uh, but I see it playing out for Romero. Here's the thing about Romero. He only absorbs 2.77 strikes per minute. I think that's going to come in handy against Paulo Costa. Guys are scared to come at Yoel uh, Romero because he has supreme athleticism and speed and so many ways to beat you that guys kind of tend to back off and he doesn't absorb a bunch of strikes. Costa will be more aggressive, but I don't think as aggressive as he usually is. That'll take away some of his luster. And, uh, you know, I just think that the athleticism of Romero is eventually going to get there. Uh, it's going to be a, a great fight, I think. And Costa usually starts off really fast. And I think he's going to wear down, drag, drag him into deeper waters. He's never gone past midway point of the second round. I think eventually in the second round, Romero lands a big knee, knocks him out. I got to go with Romero here. He's older. He's, he's creeping up around that 40, 40 mark. He might be over 40, but he's still got it in him. So I'm going to go with the veteran here, Romero. Next up, got to find an underdog. For me, I'm going Nate Diaz. This is the uh, smoke weed part here, man. This is... This is tough, man, but Diaz has only been KO'd or submitted two times in his entire MMA career, and that spans 15-plus years now that, that's been documented. So doesn't get knocked out, doesn't get submitted. So Pettis is going to have to win by decision, I, I believe. All right, Now, it's scary taking a guy who hasn't fought in three years and who just came out smoking a blunt at his open workout. That's not nice to roster those guys. It is tough. It's a tough thing to do, but... Uh, I think he's got. He's still going to roll out of bed and have cardio for days. He's going to outstrike Pettis. And if it goes to a decision, I just don't think there's a way Pettis wins this thing. So Pettis is going to have to get the stoppage. And uh, as uh, I've alluded to, it's going to be tough to knock out or submit Diaz. So maybe Diaz takes it by decision. I think in that decision, we can rack up 100-plus significant strikes. So I think Diaz is a great underdog here at plus 110. Let's take Diaz in that underdog salary and help us get some more beef on our roster. Last up, the main event. I preach because of the five rounds, you usually got to have a piece of the main event. This this uh, card, no different. Cormier and Stipe, if they go to a decision, that fighter's probably going to get enough points, especially at these salaries that they're at, that we can make a win. So Cormier is minus 135 against Stipe, the former champ. I'm going Cormier here at $8,500. I just think there's more, more tools in the toolbox here. Cormier, since he moved up to heavyweight here uh, the, the last time, three fights and all three have ended in the first or second round in favor of Cormier. He is much, much uh, stronger with his cardio, with his overall, the, he doesn't have to do the weight cut, so he's faster than most of these guys anyway because he's a little bit smaller. 
but you know he doesn't have to struggle through that weight cut so he's just a lot better off he's just a lot stronger it's really showing in the way he's beat three guys by submission or ko that are actually very good fighters so cormier is the guy here for me it's a daunting daunting task to knock out cormier and we know that he has that cardio so fourth and fifth round he's going to own it i think Unless Father Time suddenly snaps up and, and takes Cormier out this fight, which I don't think has happened. You never know. Otherwise, I think Cormier is going to grind this thing out. And I'm going to go Daniel Cormier here. And all these fighters I've given you, less than $8,600. Like I said, I think this is a good, balanced roster approach this week. So that's the way I'm going to take it. These cards, This card's awesome. It's going to go a, a lot of fights a lot of different ways. So, guys... As always, good luck in those GPPs. We get a break next week, and then the next card is a couple weeks from now. So good luck, all you guys. It was fun doing it this year. Don't know how many more I got left in me with football coming, but it's been a blast. And uh, I'm signing off. I'm Headshot. I'm out of here. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more. Grinders and welcome to the draft show. I'm your host Travis Mangone here with Grant Niefer. Grant, how's it going over there, my man? 
Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Just tip-top shape, top of the world. Can't get any better. That's the end of my story. That is good to hear. We are here for a good old draft show, guys. Uh, we're going to do some MLB. We're going to do some NFL. We're going to give you a mix of everything today. Grant, are you excited we got NFL right around the corner? Oh, gosh, I cannot be more excited. It's always interesting the last month, not having to play baseball, but getting to fantasy baseball and also football at the same time. I can work as much or as little every single day. It's beautiful until the weekends when, of course, I have to spend all Saturday doing research. But during the week, it's the best time of year. Yeah, it's an awesome time. Really excited for NFL to get right around the corner here on Rotor Grinders. And we're excited about NFL. And, you know, speaking of NFL and speaking of draft, we got to talk about the draft best ball kit that we have and seasonal kit as well. It's got a limited price right now for $40. It's $39.99. And it includes a $25 ticket to the draft best ball championship. I've been firing some best balls over the past week, Grant. How about you? What kind of best balls have you been firing away? I honestly don't do too many best balls. I got slaughtered last year because I always took David Johnson first. So there goes my entire entire strategy. And so, yeah, I did not do great. And honestly, on draft, I already entered thousands of drafts a week. So I, I generally just don't do as much best ball. I, I like it. I really like the concept. I do more for fun than anything, but I don't have like, like having that much money invested in it throughout the season when I can just strictly – get a much higher ROI on the weekly uh, drafts for draft. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, you're grinding out drafts uh, every single week. Uh, you know, I, I always see in a bunch of contests. So uh, you're cranking those out. I've really been enjoying the best balls, though. Uh, if you want, grab the best ball seasonal kit. Get you that free $25 ticket to that championship as well. So uh, right, that's already kind of paying you off. Uh, it's $40 for the uh, kit, and then you get a $25 ticket. So what a discount there. Jump in on that, guys. Um, we also want to talk about the NFL Discord. I don't know if you're playing any preseason tonight, Grant, but uh, you jumping on the NFL Discord uh, premium chat action? Uh, I don't think I will. I've got I got baseball going on. It starts at the same time, so I just it, it's a great. I don't know why I don't play preseason basketball because we have a great preseason product. Jamino absolutely nails it, but I'm just always too lazy to do research every year, and I just realize oh that's just throwing away money, but. I don't know. Maybe I'll get in there. Maybe I'll just look at Jamino's core plays, throw them in, and win some money. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, Jamino's got a great product over here at Rotor Grinders. It is absolutely awesome. He's got three three core plays up. He's got GVP plays. It's absolutely awesome. So jump on in, check that out. Check out the lineup HQ for it. It is absolutely awesome. But Grant, we're here to talk some baseball first, then we'll do some NFL later. We're gonna dive into one of these drafts, right, Rock? Yeah, buddy. All right, I'm gonna got an eight game slate today. We're gonna make it. Have eight or ten people, Grant. What are you thinking? Uh, let's let's go full. Let's go eight. Let's go eight. It's it's not that big of a slate. Okay, eight for eight games. I think that works out perfectly. And we're gonna name this one the MLB Action Yo. How's that sound? Oh, okay. I don't know that. I, I don't understand the name, but perfect. People are gonna love it. Jump on in, guys. We're getting some MLB action in today. It's going to be fun. Eight games and eight pretty good games overall. Uh, Grant, as the people are starting to file in and jumping on the contest, uh, on the contest, uh, how about you? Uh, you know, tell us about the slate a little bit. I mean, it's interesting. The rain, not the Rangers. The Twins are in a fantastic spot, going up against a rookie rookie pitcher. Only had a few starts. Walks a guy, gets wild, can give him some hard contact. Should absolutely get destroyed. And I love me the Twins today. But there are a lot of good spots, too. Like, 
The Reds are in a good spot going up against Waka. Aristides is pretty much guaranteed a home run here. We got the Yanks in a great spot. We got the Cubs in an all right spot going up against Smiley. And Smiley's also a guy that you can save some money on. We got the Diamondbacks are in defensive spot going up against D Rod. There's like good spots all over the place. And then, of course, Ronaldo Lopez, who could turn into trash at any given time or actually be a decent pitcher. We never know which. So it's always a stack or play spot there. Like, this is a real interesting slate. And then, we got two decent pitchers up top with you, Darvish, and with Sonny Gray. Gray seems a little bit too cheap considering what he can do here, and I'm guessing he's going to be chalky, but he can always get blown up. There's a 4.2 applied total against him, but he's still very much in play. Like, this is a just beautiful little slate here. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think it's pretty good overall slate. Like, Sonny Gray, I think he's one of the better pitching options of the day. He's done a great job of limiting, like, the damage this season of really getting blown up. Uh, you know, keeping the ground ball rate really, really down. By by down, I mean high, right? He's getting inducing a ton of ground balls. Uh, the strikeout rate's been a lot better, too. So, I've liked what Sonny Gray has done. And he gets to face a pile of those righties, too. So, that obviously helps him as well. So, I like Gray a lot. Darvish, I obviously don't hate him. I know the Phillies are a boom-bust offense. There could be some strikeouts there with the Phillies lineup, so that helps him. Those are probably two of the best pitchers on the slate, and it looks like they went 1.1 and 1.2 in these drafts, so I think so far we're pretty spot-on, Grant. And then, look, the third thing we talked about, you talked about the Twins, and you took them uh, at 1.3, Max Kepler, and you took them over Mike Trout. Despite Mike Trout being the best player in baseball, you like the Twins offense the best today. Yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful spot here. I mean, I get Trout's probably the better play, but – Kepler's not too far behind him, in all honesty. Like, if we're talking about just raw projected points, I I would take Trout, but not by not by much. And I have the added option where I can go with any one of the other twins in my lineup. I get a little correlation there. Whereas if I'm going Angels and I get Trout, then I can throw in Otani, I can throw in Upton, I can throw in Calhoun, but I can only have two. So Angels, it's infuriating that the Angels are a decent team with four outfielders because it's just so hard to stack them outside of pretty much just fantasy draft is the only place you can really fully stack them. I mean, you can get, I guess over on Yahoo or on FanDuel, you can get a full stack, but then you're just stuck with the infield afterwards. And it's always angry. And we got Rojas in the lineup at just three K going against D rod. That's that's batting second. That's going to be fun. Yeah. So I'm with you on the angels thing. Cause like, Dude, I'm, I'm a huge Upton fan. Upton's done, won me a lot of money in DFS, so I always want to play him. I can never fade Mike Trout. I'm like, oh, I can't fade him. He's like the best play, you know what I mean? And then, like, I got to pick between one of the lefties. So whenever the Angels are against a righty, it, it's an absolute struggle for me um, to figure out what to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with it. It's tough to obviously play, you know, only three of the outfielders. There are sites where you can do that, so definitely, uh, you know, load up on them because against Ronaldo Lopez, that's a pretty good spot. And over on draft, you know, we can only play two outfielders, but that's okay, you know, uh, you know, Mike Trout always goes pretty early, so it's not the easiest, and I'm sure you can make it work. But Angels against Ronaldo Lopez, that's another stack that I think you have to like on the day. Uh, we have the Astros. They have an above, above a five implied total. The Diamondbacks have above a five. Braves above five. Rangers above five. Twins above six. Reds above five. Yankees above five. There's a lot of offenses on this slate. I think the Twins are the sure chalk on the slate. Would you agree that they're like the, the number one team? Then who's behind them? The Angels? No, the uh, Twins, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'd assume they're the only one with a six implied total. It makes sense for them to be the chalk, and it's absolutely justified. It's over in Arlington. It's hot, wind blowing in. It's a perfect scenario here, um, although I think the wind's blowing in from left field, so that's not as good, but it's only six miles an hour. In any case, it's 96 degrees. It's going to be flying there and just a terrible bullpen with a terrible starting pitcher. It's a perfect spot here, but outside of them, it's probably going to be the Yankees not too far behind. 
going up against Plutko, big fly ball guy, doesn't strike out a whole whole lot of guys, and gives up a decent amount of hard contact. He's due for some regression. He can absolutely get slaughtered here. Not great weather over there, but still, it's the Yankees. They can hit. Someone's going to hit two bombs. It seems to happen in every single game. So I really like the Yanks as the second stack, um, at least over on draft. you got to think about it a little bit more when we get to actual salary cap format. There's a little bit different strategy there. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously the prices are kind of expensive on a lot of these guys. You know, Judge, he's actually kind of cheap at 4.4 compared to what he's been, you know, throughout his career. Uh, you know, Didi's price, 4.4, it's a little pricey. Like, the, there's not a lot of guys, like, that are cheap, right? And towards the bottom of the lineup, the way to be contrarian is, like, playing these, like, seven, eight, nine guys in the Yankees lineup. If you're worried the Yankees are going to be high-owned, you can get some of these guys at the bottom of the order at, like, you know, 5% at times. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid to throw one of those guys in and hope to get a cheap, not a cheap, but a low-owned home run. Yeah, yeah, right there with you. Hang on, I'm up to make my yeah, pick. Who right you going now. with? Who you got so far? Let's want- see who you got so far. You got Sano, you got Polanco, so thanks for stealing my stack. Real, real D-bag move there. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Good, good for you. Good for you doing it. I'm going to go Marlon Gonzalez. Good. I'll throw in another twin, and then I'm going Upton because I like Upton. Uh, it's a fine spot, but not, not his best spot ever. But uh, I'll just go with him there for now. And then I got my pitcher, obviously, to come up there. And listen, I get it. Like, you Darvish, he's the number – you Darvish and Sonny Gray, they're clearly the number one guys today. But um, who are some off more off-the-board guys you could go to? Are you paying 9.5K for Mike Fires on DraftKings today? That sounds crazy. Are you going to Aaron Sanchez, who, you know, whenever anyone goes to Houston, they're magically fixed, it feels like? Uh, what are you kind of doing there? I think Sanchez in play. I think Ronaldo Lopez is in play as a tournament guy. Um, potentially, you could go Alex Young. Like, uh, there's not too many guys that I'm against on this slate outside of uh, Waka and Pletko. But Smiley's probably one of the main guys I'm going to go with. It's not an easy matchup. He should go fairly low owned here. He's got strikeout stuff, so even if he gives up some runs, he's probably still fine. He's a lefty going up against that team, and they got a more leading off who's not really great. Boat in the lineup that's not really great. Or a teeny in the lineup that's not really great. So there's a few different ways that you can go, um, but like there's a, there's a lot of just mediocre pitching options. It's going to be interesting to see if I can do a dar- some Darvish gray teams because I think that could potentially be the cash game move here. No, I agree. I think the Darvish gray uh, cash game move is the way to go if you force me to pick. Uh, that's kind of the route I would end up going. I'm seeing on some projection sites, and it sounds crazy. Pineda has a really high, you know, projection today. I've, I've noticed, uh, obviously, a guy like Heaney against the White Sox, who, you know, he, he's been okay throughout the year. He's had his blowups, but he gets a White Sox lineup that's bad. I think there's upside there as a contrarian pivot. But what about Michael Pineda? Do you have any interest in him against a Texas lineup that, you know, isn't the greatest? I prefer lefties against him, and it's in Arlington, and it's hot, so it's great weather. So I don't think I'm going to end up going there. It's just not really worth it to me. Uh, to go with Pineda here when there's other guys like Sonny Gray and you Darvish are around the same price tag. So I get that the pivot could work, but the likelihood of it working is just not very good. I have zero interest in Pineda today. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't really want to go to him either. Uh, I'm trying to look for like the cheapish guy that I, I would really look to go to today. And like normally I'm just a fan of like paying like all the way to the bottom, like if I can't find a cheap guy. And some of those guys at the bottom there, Pedro Payano, which against the Twins, that doesn't feel like a good idea. You got Derek Rodriguez, who was against a, a team like the Diamondbacks, who their implied pull has climbed throughout the day. Chad Green, I, I don't trust him, and he's not going to get that much production. 
like Fletcher against the Yankees. I mean, I know the Yankees do have some strikeout upside, but that's scary. Waka against the Reds. Like, I just don't know if I love that. And that ballpark does not want a strikeout upside. So I don't know. Like, I get like the strategy, just like the pay down really cheap at pitcher grant, but I just don't know if we can like do that today. Like, talk me into a guy below Aaron Sanchez that you can actually get behind. Smiley. He's got 22% K rate, one of the higher ones on the slate. He's been better. Like, the 22% K rate is largely accounting for his bad or not accounting for his bad start to the season and how bad he was at the beginning, but he's kind of turned it around a little bit. Smiley's a guy that I'm going to bet on the talent here and just keep rolling with him, and it's worked out decently so far. He could end up getting blown up, but the high implied total against him gives me a little bit of belief that he's not going to draw a whole lot of ownership. So it's really Smiley for me at the bottom, and it could go very, very, very poorly, but it could go well. I mean, this is baseball. There's not really a whole lot you can do on this slate. There's no safety on this slate outside of maybe Gray or Darvish, which either one of them could have a bad outing. But, uh, like, yeah, it's pretty much smiley for me. And he can go over 100 pitches. He can go late enough in the game to get 25 points at 6.6K. You'll take that every single time. Yeah, and I obviously get the argument for him because, again, like, if you want to pay up for bats, like, you have to look at one of these cheap pitching options, right? Like, it's it's not a, a question. Like, you have to if you want to spend up for all those Yankees bats. Like, you're going to have to consider them. You can't just, you know, play Gray and play Darvish and then move on. So uh, it's definitely something you have to consider a little bit. And uh, let's see what this Cubs lineup. Let me pull plate IQ up and see if there's enough strikeouts here. That, I mean, obviously, the 22% strikeout rate, that is more encouraging compared to some of these other pitchers. Let's see what the Cubs lineup that they put out today. All right, they got – I mean, it's pretty It's pretty nice to see, you know, Baez, Bodie, and, and Schwarber all with, you know, 27% or higher K rates. Obviously, some of these other guys in the 20s and below is a little frustrating, but if he can get those strikeouts against those big bats, it's going to go well. And if, if those guys don't strike out, they have a lot of power and pop, and that could be an uh, absolute disaster. So you're just trying to hope that uh, he has that big game there. And you can obviously hope those bats go off too. And there's a pitcher there too, right, Grant? So we know how things are going to go against the pitcher. Uh, there's obviously high strikeout potential. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, someone likes my beard. Hooray. Nice. Uh, yeah, my, man, my beard's not as burly as yours, but uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll get there. Uh, yeah, you do get this little thing called being too lazy to shave. I don't think I've actually used a razor shave in – at least five years. Seriously? Wow, that's crazy to think. You just trim it up with the with the clippers? Yeah, yeah, occasionally clippers or scissors. Like, I don't know. It's it's taken me years to finally get good at trimming my beard because it grows, like, not evenly. It grows in weird ways. It's not full in a lot of spots, but once it gets to this size, it kind of covers it up. But just trying to trim my beard, I fucked up. Dang it. I said the F word. Shoot. I messed up. Oh, gosh. Forgot where I was at. Oh, I fudged up. Darn it. Uh, in any case, let's keep going. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Let's do a draft. How about that? Uh, right now. Uh, what do you want to name this thing, Grant? I don't know. But I fudged up. Grant fudged <laughs> up. That's what we'll name it. Grant fudged up. Eight people. We'll do another $5. Everyone join now. And I'm sure the chat hasn't caught up yet, Grant, but uh, I'm sure we'll get some. Uh, I'm sure the chat's going to say something. Oh, gosh. Darn it. Oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't get enough sleep last night. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the chat is catching up. At least they're all laughing now, so I'm assuming uh, that is why. Um, but hey, it's all good. No worries. You know what's the best part, Grant? 
everyone will forget what you you just said. You know why? Dean's on the next show. Dean will say something, you know, egregious. Uh, you know, he's got another show with Pepsi, and uh, maybe mac and cheese and and ketchup will be talked about again, and and that'll be uh, you know, discussed, and then people forget. I, I, I don't understand that. Like, I get it, but I just don't like. It's not something mac and cheese is already delicious. Why would you add in another flavor that's not really going to enhance it? You know what I don't understand is why people put. Now I do understand. It's basically the same as fries. Putting ketchup on my hash browns. I just can't make the move for that. Why? It's like eating french fries with ketchup. It's the same thing. Yeah, but, oh gosh. You know what's delicious? Stuffed hash browns. I've never had stuffed hash browns. What, what is it stuffed with? Uh, it's stuffed with like sour cream, cheese, chives, maybe onions. Like, it's delicious. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really great. I've never had them. I might have to, uh, might have to venture off after the show and, and uh, grab some of those because those sound really good. I don't know where I mean, Where would I get some if I wanted to, Grant? Am I going like Sonic or something? Some crazy fast food joint? Sherry's and Denny's generally has them. All right, Denny's. I, I, I do have a Denny's not too far, so maybe I'll have to venture off and get one of those. Gosh, Denny's is delicious. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I've been to Denny's in a while. It's probably been like maybe 13 years, so... I mean, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of, like, the Denny's knockoffs in certain states. Like, obviously, going to just a old-school diner is delicious. But yeah. going to, like, Sherry's that is up in the Northwest, it's fantastic. I love that place way better than Denny's. I'm a big fan of IHOP, which yeah. is weird because I'm not even a pancake fan. I'm more of a diner person. I, I want to go to all the diners. and I mean, they're similar to those, obviously, establishments. And they're fine dining establishments, but not. Uh, I'd rather go to a diner instead. I, I like the atmosphere more, and I just like the food better. Uh, at least that's my, that's my take on it. I don't know. We'll see what the chat says, see if they agree on what you said and I said. But I'm up with my pick here. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to take uh, – I'm just going to fire with some twins, I guess. I'll take another twin. I'll take Eddie Rosario. Yeah, yeah you're just going ahead with the twins. I took Mike Trout this time because I knew that you were going to steal my twins. So there's no way that I could have gotten Kepler and then stacked up. Oh gosh. And someone took judge. There goes my idea. Well, now I don't know what to do. Now this becomes interesting. I mean, there's still two twins on the board. I'm guessing you're going to take one. So trying to go with those two guys with the second overall pick is probably not a great idea. I think the Diamondbacks are really interesting. I mean, that total has climbed. Like, it's it's almost up an entire run, Grant. Like, I actually think that's a, a good way to go. Obviously, we talked about Rojas a little bit earlier. He's a good value play throughout the industry. And that lineup is just so much stronger. Like, uh, obviously, I wish that Marte was in there. That's, like, the one downgrade there. But if you put Marte in that lineup, that lineup does get a lot stronger. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that the Diamondback stack is intriguing today. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an interesting – I mean, they're a great lineup. D-Rod's not really a great pitcher – uh, but I just don't, not a huge fan of the ballpark because the, the roof isn't open today because it's probably 120 degrees there because uh, Phoenix is, is a not great place. Yeah, it's, in, it's, it's a nice place. It just, I can't, I don't know if I can handle living in that type of heat for that long. It just does, I, I mean, I'm a fat guy. So going out in the heat, I'm burning up in like four minutes. Yeah, I, I would go crazy with that heat. I, when I was in Vegas, I was there like two months ago. It was, dude, uh, I could not, that heat, too much, man. Like, it, it wasn't even like that it was like the humidity. It was just like, it was so freaking hot every single day I was there. It's like, I just walk outside and feel like I was burning. Well, you're also at a trash hotel, you big dummy. That is true. But again, that was, that was not all my fault. Uh, that was my, that was my, I told my friend, I just said, you know, just get the cheapest thing, whatever. And he, uh, you know. He did one of those things like on hot wire where it just so like, it was your fault. Just get the, the thing. It wasn't entirely your fault. 
you know, I, I, I gave responsibility to someone else and, uh, you know, probably wasn't something I should have done, Grant. I should have uh, maybe kind of tried to uh, take a little more of uh, control into my hands on that one. But I just figured it'd be taken care of easily, but it was not. Yeah, yeah, well, next time you go to Vegas, you can always talk to me. I've been there. I actually did the math. I think since college or since I got to college, I probably have spent close to 200 some odd nights in Vegas. Jeez, that's great. Impressive. Grant, you should have you should have saved that for a, like a show question with, with Dean. De- Dean's probably not watching right now. Save that for a time you're on the five o'clock. Dean's got things to talk about. Who knows what he's going to talk about, but he's got an endless list of things to talk about for no apparent reason, especially when I'm around. That's true. Uh, but that's a, that's a good trivia, man. Like uh, to, over, that's crazy to think like over 200 days you've said it. Yeah, the- roughly. It seems too high, but it's it's close to true. I mean, at one point, I went for three to four days every month because I had four-day weekends. Mm-hmm. And so I'd make at least one trip a month during the entire last two years of my college. And then actually another year after that. And then after college, went up there, there all the time. And yeah, it's it's my second home, third home, fourth home. I don't know. I live all over the place. Yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy to think. Uh, guys, Darvish, if you have any questions, fire them. What were you going Darvish was still there in the third round. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't take him. I should have took him there. I was uh, I, I was too busy talking with you. But um, uh, guys, if you have any questions, feel free to fire them in the chat. I'm sure Devin's collecting YouTube chat questions too. So feel free to throw them in there. Uh, we're happy to answer them for you guys. Excited to obviously keep doing baseball drafts and then do an NFL best ball draft after this. Yeah, yeah. And we got some YouTube questions for Yahoo Cash, Rosario, Sano, Young, or Aquino. Aquino. Is it Aquino? Why? Is his last name Aquino? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's Aquino. Uh, I call him Aristides Aquino, so that, that, that works. Yeah. I, whenever I hear Aquino, I just think of that one commercial. What's Aquino? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but for Cash over there, I don't have Rosario in. I do have Sano in. Um, Quino, a little bit tough to get in there. Darvish, yes. Chapman, you can't go Chapman uh, if you have to know. Oh, I guess it was an or question. I'd go with the second one. You want Darvish in your lineup. Um, who's your favorite pivot off of Darvish? It's Sonny Gray. You can use either one of them. Both of them are great plays. They use both of them in the same lineup if you want. I highly suggest it here. Who do I want to go here? I'm going Reese's Peasy just because I love that guy. Um but, you know, let's see, more QQs. Favorite first baseman on the slate here. I haven't decided on my favorite first baseman. I really like Crone over on Yahoo. Uh, like Crone overall. I haven't looked at too much pricing on other sites. Walker's not really in a bad spot going up against Erod. Um, but it's probably, honestly, Alonzo's probably the best tournament play if you're going just strictly as a one-off. Um, you're, you're up to pick. Sorry, I, I was trying to figure out where you're getting these QQs from, and you're getting from the RG chat. I had an old RG chat up, like an entirely different page, and it's like got like messages from like 10:30 in the morning. So uh, I was trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, where are these QQs? Grant is grabbing, but uh, I'm happy that you found them for the people. Uh, I gotta take my picture here. I will take, uh, I don't know, Smiley or Fires. That's actually, uh, it's, it's Houston though. That's I'll just go with Smiley and hope he gets the huge strikeout game. Um, here's a question is Aquino worth it today uh I guess the question is what's his price around the industry like uh would you be playing Aquino today I, I don't know if I'm going there on Yahoo on the other sites I think that he is worth it 
I mean, you're getting a home run. Walk is not good. It's that simple. Absolutely pay for Aquino elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's just good. He's just very good. You're pretty much guaranteed a home run, but Cardi will tell you that hot streaks don't exist. He's wrong. He's super wrong. Um, what SPs do I use for fantasy draft cash? I haven't built my cash game lineup yet, but I'm probably going to end up with gray and Darvish both in the same lineup. I just really like that build. I don't like other pitchers. You can go down to smiley as a potential SP two, depending on what bats you want in it. But, um, yeah, it, it, I'm going to try and do gray and Darvish. Yeah, here's an FD question. Run Heaney and FD cash or pay up for Sonny Gray? Uh, I think I'd pay up for Gray. What about you? I mean, you're the FanDuel guy a lot more than me. I haven't played on FanDuel in a while. Uh, but, like, let's see, Gray is 9.8K and Heaney is 6.4K. Oh, I honestly don't mind going with Heaney. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I'm not playing over there on FanDuel today. I didn't notice his price was 6.4. I, I had a feeling when he asked that that was the case. I'm typically someone that just wants to pay up. It also depends, like, what kind of value bats they're, like, filling out, right? Like, you might have these, like, guys that are just, like, too cheap that, like, you feel like you have to play that are just in, like, really good spots. But, obviously, uh, you might be able to spend up in, in certain spots and it might be better. Uh, it's tough though when there are like underpriced guys you feel like you can fall into like a guy like gray and fall into a guy like gray like the safety of him is great so it just depends on how many cheap bats like can make it work if you don't like the full overall roster then i would go down the heaney that's kind of how i look like mick foley man that's interesting that was an interesting comparison didn't haven't gotten that before yeah i, I haven't heard that one for you either on the show um let's see someone said i'm uh wow i see our we got johnny manzel i'm definitely not johnny manzel I don't think I uh, look like him, but unless unless you look like Manzel and I look like McFoley. Yeah, that's that's not it. That's yeah. not it at all. Yeah, I figured that was the case. I'm seeing if there's any more QQs. Still none right now. We're gonna fire and we're gonna do a best ball draft for the NFL stuff. Before we do that, Grant, let's give some shout-outs. Uh shout outs are always good. Um, we want to talk about the RG members who are now rocking the RG badge. We got Stevie D0927. We got Man in Detroit. Uh, you know, sorry that you have to live in Detroit. It's a tough spot, but uh, you know, we appreciate that you're here rocking the RG badge. We got made paid laid. We have a W G I B and we have G father seven one six. They're all rocking the RG badge. Thanks a lot for rocking that guys. Uh, and uh, we appreciate that. Uh, Grant, you rocking the RG badge? No, of course I am. Yep. Gotta be rocking the RG badge. Now let's do a best ball contest. Grant, we're going to do a fast contest. Let me make sure to do that. Cause if not, We'll be here forever, and Devin will kill us. So um, let's see. What do you want to name this thing? Best ball draft. All right. Plain and simple. Best ball draft. We're firing away with that. Six or eight people. What are you thinking? I'll do eight. All right. Eight people. Guys, jump on in. I've been enjoying the best balls. I've I've been really having a blast with doing them. Uh, We can obviously talk about it and uh, talk about the NFL slate a little bit. I don't know, Grant. I haven't checked this out yet, though, but are the week one NFL DFS contests on draft, are they up yet for the uh, you know typical DFS contest? No, I'd probably be in about a 1,000 of them already if they were, but they I don't believe that they are up. And someone in chat mentioned something interesting that she said cold streaks don't really exist last night. Um, it's not true. Uh, I don't think that's what he actually meant. It's that a lot of these guys were just getting unlucky. I think he mentioned Reese Hoskins. He mentioned... Aaron Judge, and when you look at the underlying stats, hard hit rate, K rate, fly ball rate, like home run to fly ball variance is a thing. So if you look at those and the underlying numbers are consistent to what he's done in the past, that generally means that he's not on a cold streak if his numbers aren't actually showing up. It just means he's getting unlucky. 
So cold streaks do exist. Like guys go through them, I believe. Um, but you got to look at the reasons why. Like if a guy is striking out at a 50% clip over two weeks, he's probably on a cold streak. He's not seen the ball right. It happens sometimes, or maybe there's an injury or a tweak that needs to be made to his swing. If a guy's striking out at like Jose Ramirez early on in the season, 40% hard contact rate, like a 14% K rate, 45% fly ball rate. He was just getting unlucky. Home runs were going to start coming and he turned it around. The underlying numbers were absolutely there. Same thing with Machado early on in the season. Like you look at the underlying numbers to figure out if someone's on a cold streak or if they're just getting unlucky. Yep, I definitely am with you. I'm definitely on the team that like streaks are a thing. It's obviously tough to figure out when they're going on, but you, you can get an idea of, you know, the times to try and get on them and not. And I got the first pick. We got people like Big T in here rocking the print factory. We got you in here. We got tons of sharp dudes. And uh, man, I'm one point uh, one here. And between McCaffrey and Barkley, I think it's a really tough decision. I do. I am a little worried about the McCaffrey, like looking for some guy to take some goal line carries and Cam can vulture him. So I'm going to go Barkley. I think either one you're getting is great. Like I'm not going to complain about having Barkley or McCaffrey. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, what would you do if you were in my situation, Grant, at 1.1? Barkley. Absolutely Barkley. It's, it's all Barkley for me. But I'm not going to argue with McCaffrey. I'm not going to argue with a few different guys. Kamara. I wouldn't even argue with David Johnson, although I think he's probably not the right move. Uh, but that, but Saquon is absolutely my guy. And someone mentioned that Reese Hoskins struck out four times on Thursday or Tuesday, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really not indicative. Reese Hoskins is a different type of player. He's incredibly patient at the plate, hence his what third highest, second highest in the league walk rate. He's really a guy that kind of just takes pitches and tries to get walks. He's a smart player. And so when he strikes out four times in a game, it's not, it may not be because he was swinging at bad pitches. It may have been because the ump was being a little bit too generous with the strike zone. And a guy that waits on pitches, if something's clearly going to be a ball, he can easily strike out being patient on the ball. What, who do I go with here? I don't like this. Um, method, I'm going no run, uh, no RB, no RB. Oh, uh, man. I- I, see, I, in that spot, I personally take Travis Kelsey, but that's just me. Like, I, I would go Kelsey there. Yeah, I should have, honestly. Not 100% today. I'm, I'm a sleepy boy. Slept on a couch last night, was up until 1 a.m., but I'm, I'm still 95% right now, I'd say. 95, about 95%. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, listen, uh, luckily, I have not slept on a couch lately. Actually, I guess I did technically. I slept on a pullout couch. When I was at a wedding last weekend for in Ohio, and uh, I had to sleep on a pullout couch. But at least I had a bed, right? Uh, you know, So that was at least good. But it was not the most comfortable. One of my favorite lines in a song is Bo Burnham. I got my girlfriend pregnant on my sterile uncle's pullout couch. That's ironic. That that is that is definitely nothing that that's definitely nothing that I was pulling off uh, at that wedding. Uh, I, I would not be wanting to do any of that. But uh, yeah, um, the, yeah, people are talking about dude. I, so I went to this wedding, dude. Seven hour car ride, dude. You like driving cars? I don't know. Well, obviously not that you like driving cars, but you like driving cars across country. Like you've gone California to the East Coast. Like you're a crazy person. I don't know how you pulled that off. Like I was going to things sometimes. I mean, it's nice. You basically. With this job, it's I listen to podcasts for the most of the first four to five hours of the day. Then I stop at a coffee shop or a place to grab lunch, set all my lunch the hour before lock, and then I go listen to an audiobook while checking out scores while I drive, which is illegal to be on your phone, but whoops. 
don't don't suggest it guys it's very dangerous but i have done that before many a times the worst thing ever was like when you have a big sweat going on and you're driving and you go through a place with no internet connection and like i had one i think it was i think it was on what was it boom where i won 25 g's and i'm trying to listen to the game and i can't get reception for the game and i'm trying to look at the scores and i have no reception I basically called my buddy because for some reason I had phone reception, just no internet and mm -hmm. no radio. So I had him explain every single play to me as it was happening for almost the entire fourth quarter. Uh, it turned out great, though. I won. I won like 30 grand that day. It was nice. That's good. Yeah, dude. I, I, dude, I get it. Like, I understand, like, the podcast can obviously help, but, uh, dude, I don't know. It's It was a tough drive, but I'm, I'm happy to be finally home, back in the comfort of my own home, not having to worry about uh, driving so much. Uh, even though I, I do like driving, just that was too long, man. Uh, I could not take that. And we, we have people saying they'd Uber if it's more than Stevie saying, Stevie Brown is saying he'd Uber if it's anything over 20 minutes. Like, dude, an Uber from oh, New Jersey to Ohio would get expensive, right? I, I don't think I can do that. Yeah, you could take a train. Trains are nice. I like trains. I haven't done like the long train ride. I mean, I've done like the train to the city, which is like, you know, an hour or 45 minutes there, nothing crazy. But I haven't done like the full on like train, like down, like, you know, a couple states or anything like that. One of my favorite train rides, or actually my favorite train ride ever, was I took the Starlight Express. No, that's not the name of it. I think that's the name of maybe a musical. Um, the Starliner that goes all the way from San Diego to Seattle, all the way up along the coast. Absolutely beautiful. Highly suggested. Great train ride, about 24 hours a night, a whole bunch of Amtrak points. So I got a sleeper car and just listened to an audiobook of Harry Potter or multiple audiobooks of Harry Potter and just looked out at the ocean the entire time. It was wonderful. Yeah, man, you're tougher than me. I, I I don't know. I'd be going insane in there. Um, but uh, yeah, let's look at some of these drafts, Grant. Let's see Big T's draft. He's in here. He's got Kamara. He's got Juju. He's got Kittle, which I was hoping maybe could Kittle get back. Kittle could get back to me or Ertz, and it doesn't seem like one of them are. So uh, that is quite unfortunate there. But nothing you can do about that. Uh, it's okay. Maybe I'll find a different tight end to get later on. Um, let's see, Grant. You just went Antonio Brown. Any worry about the nasty foot thing he's got going on there? There's worry, but there's a $5 draft, and I just don't really care. Plus, the potential upside is massive. I'm not making smart moves in this. It's more, it would be more towards the best ball championship oriented to take Antonio Brown, where you have some high upside and he should dominate later half of the season, hopefully get back from his, uh, his injury all right and just absolutely crush here. I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. You're getting him in the third round. He should be up with OBJ and those guys potentially, but. You're getting him in the third round. Maybe you missed four weeks, but you know what? If you can get some decent wide receiver depth, which I have Adams and Brent and Beckham in my lineup. So both those guys, I think more than make up for it. And then it's an eight man draft. So even if I don't have a few weeks of them, I'm still fine because of the potential upside. And I can go kind of running back heavy in the later rounds because it's an eight man draft and still get some pretty decent ones. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to see what I'm going to do here, dude. I'm struggling. I don't know. I don't want to reach on Melvin Gordon here. I already have the problems. I already have too many running backs. I have Barkley and Connor. Like, I think I'm fine there. Like I, I'm going to go with Diggs. I need to get another wide receiver. I think it's good to kind of load up on those receivers. When I've been building these baseball drafts, I've been firing with more, like basically trying to get the most, the most, basically the, what I'm trying to say is where I've been firing the most bullets at is receiver. Like I want, obviously, since there's three positions I have to fill, that's where I want to fill out the most spots. So that's kind of where I've been. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it's it, it's interesting how how big T's in the draft. Didn't even notice who's he drafting. Yeah, I said that. I talked about his team. I said he went. Uh, his team was Kamara, Juju, uh, Hilton, Montgomery, and Kittle. So he's got a pretty nice start. I'm finding out that I'm not paying too much attention to you. Apparently. Oh well, happens. Oh, I think I might take Melvin if he gets to me. Probably not a smart thing to say, but I think I think I'm going to go with Melvin. Um, well, the, the chat's on you. They're saying you're a little tired today, a little a little exhausted. Uh, they're saying you're you're not yourself, Grant. I mean, I'm not nearly as loud as I am. I'm a little bit more laid back. It's just you know what? So I need my sleep. I need my solid 15 to 20 hours of sleep. You know? I'm with you on that. We got another QQ in chat. Uh, we got Eddie Rosario, Jorge Polanco, or. Chris Bryant, you got to pick one tonight, Grant. Who you got? I. It'd be either Rosario or Polanco. I really, really like Polanco tonight, though. Going, yeah, I don't know. It's an it's an interesting stop, spot for Polanco because the guy has some pretty extreme splits when it comes to versus the lefty or versus the righty, and he's much better versus righties. So that definitely helps him out quite a bit. And his underlying numbers are way better because he's a switch hitter against him. Uh, but Rosario has been just as good. I mean, I guess Polanco gives you the shortstop position instead. And I like Polanco a little bit more just because he has a slightly higher strikeout rate. Neither of you guys strike out much at all. But going up against a low strikeout pitcher that strikes out righties and lefties at such a low rate. I don't know. I, I think I'm going Polanco here. Yeah, I'm with you. I would pick uh, – actually, not with you, Polanco. I'd go Eddie Rosario instead, actually. So uh, I'd go Rosario, but, like, I- I'm picking one of the twins, right? That's kind of how I would probably do it. Also, depends on your lineup. It's utility spot, and it's probably cash game. So if it's cash, I- I'm I'm leaning Rosario, but it's a uh, it's not an easy decision to make. They're all really good options today. Yeah, and someone asked about Alex Young. I don't, I don't think he's a bad option. Um, like, his price tag of 7.5 is decent. I think I'd rather go Smiley, but – this San Francisco team is not great. There are some strikeouts in it. Like, I, I, I think I just prefer Smiley, but both of them are in play. Actually, I should look at his DraftKings price here. Realized I was looking at FanDuel. Um, didn't sound entirely right. Yeah, Young's 8.1K over on DK. That's definitely a little bit too much for me, considering I can go up to you or I can go up to Sonny Gray, but I'm not going to argue against it. Yeah, and uh, Big T just sniped O.J. Howard, which, like, Big T, you have Kittle. Like, I don't know why you're going Howard there. I have seen some people doing that strategy, and I've been trying to figure out um, if it's a strategy that I do want to go by or anything. I don't know. I'm just torn at what what the – I don't know. I don't love that strategy. At least that's how I've been doing my uh, best ball contest. But, uh, yeah, sniping O.J. Howard for me was frustrating because I did not expect Big T to be the person to take him there, obviously with him having Kittle already. Uh, let me see. I'm up, and – you know, I'm just going to take Evan Ingram now. I want to make sure I have a tight end. Um, and I, I, this might be because it's a different format. It might be smart to take, uh, you know, Howard and and a guy like Kittle. But um, let's see. I'm going to go. I'll go Derrick Henry too. lock in some three really good uh, running backs right now. Like my position. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind at all. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my next pick. I mean, I'm pretty set with wide receiver for right now. Obviously quarterback with Mahomes. I think I need to go another running back because of the Melvin Gordon scenario here. I want to lock in three good ones, and at the end, I can still get some decent ones. But right now, I feel like I should probably get a little bit more depth there. Yes, I have Antonio Brown, who could potentially go bad. But if I get six solid wide receivers, which in an eight-man is not really that tough to do, I think I'll be fine. 
Yeah, and I was trying to talk in the chat, but uh, Breed said uh, OJ and Kittle are going to explode this year. And I, I really do agree that they're both going to explode this year. I think they're going to have massive uh, years. I just don't know if I take it both, but I guess in an eight man, like if you feel strong about your team already, you're just creating like this higher floor at the tight end position. So um, I don't know. I haven't been doing that that double tight end, like uh, like expensive guys in the best ball strategies, but maybe in an eight man, it's a little bit different. Uh, but, you know, Big T, he's obviously, you know, uh, shipping a ton of money this year, so I can't argue against him. He's been having a really solid season overall. Um, let's see your team, Grant. You have Mahomes, you have Williams, Gordon, you have Adams, Brown, Beckham, and you just took Philip Lindsay. How are you feeling about your team? I like it so far. I like it a lot. I mean, honestly, I have a huge amount of upside with Melvin Gordon and Antonio Brown in there, especially in the latter half of the season. It's an eight-man, so I'm not really worried about the early half of the season because I can easily make up ground and it's enough depth here for me to really do some work. So I think I might be going, if he's still on the board, I might be going with AJ Green here. Yeah. I mean, now I've got multiple guys that may not play many of the first weeks, but now if I just get some high upside depth here at the wide receiver position afterwards for the earlier point in the season, then I should be good. Yeah, I, I have a crap ton of A.J. Green uh, so far in my best balls. I, I've loaded up on him, so I like the pick there. Uh, I'm hoping, obviously, the injury doesn't nag him too much. I'm hoping he comes back healthier than ever and is fine. It's not like a, a slow process for him to get back uh, you know, in the groove. So I'm definitely with you on uh, liking A.J. Green this season in the best ball formats. And that's the guy I was hoping would fall to me, but I knew that was going uh, you know, tough to be tough to think he could fall all the way down that way. Yeah, yeah probably, probably wasn't going to happen. Yeah, you never know, though. But there are some sharp people in this draft. And Tevin Coleman's a guy who just went. Tevin Coleman, I think he's a really solid guy that could have some really good lead back duties. And Big T sniped me here again with Christian Kirk. That's a guy I was eyeing. I was hoping I could maybe get him, but, you know, I'm going to have to settle for one of these other receivers. Probably either Robbie Anderson or Mike Williams is what I'm going to go to as my option. But I was hoping maybe someone else would not take Kirk there, but that's unfortunate. Ugh, Big T sniping all my picks. Well, Big T's one of them smart fellas. On his way to the DraftKings Live Final, I believe, right now. Good luck to you, Big T. Good luck to all the RG guys. Hope one of you guys wins it and then buys me a gallon of Fireball. Yeah, definitely hope that uh, one of the RG guys takes it down. I saw Squirrel Patrols on his way. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping someone up for Team RG takes it down. And I'm sure you can track it this weekend. I'm sure people will be tweeting out the links. I'm sure RG has the link somewhere. If you guys want to follow along, I'm sure the guys would appreciate that and appreciate you rooting them um let's see uh some people talking about jimmy g uh you know being a, a bad signing i think they're saying there that signing of jimmy g to a five-year whatever million dollar contract uh three years ago when we still said brady was being replaced i like jimmy g i know he had that i don't know if you saw on twitter i know he had that rough uh practice where he threw five straight interceptions but uh, i think jimmy g's interceptions are meaningless Derek Carr, interceptions are meaningless there you go man uh, now you gotta start saying uh hot streaks don't matter what's another saying cardi says uh, lefty mashers don't exist there you go lefty mashers don't exist yeah yeah i he's largely right about interceptions like a lot of it is noise i mean there are certain quarterbacks that are more prone to it absolutely and basically the depth of target drastically changes it a guy like alex smith never really threw too much because he never really threw too much downfield so can't really it's harder to get interceptions on shorter passes and more efficient passes but yeah, I mean, Jimmy G throwing interceptions, I'm not worried about it at all. Like, that's irrelevant. Plus, he's going up against guys that literally know exactly what he's going to do half the time. So interceptions are more likely to happen because they can easily jump on routes because they know the playbook. 
Yep, I'm with you on that. Someone's asking my thoughts on the Packers this year. And the Packers, I'm definitely happy that they finally fired their, you know, McCarthy. Definitely a big fan of that. Uh, and I do like the signing of the new coach. Uh, it definitely makes sense. Uh, I, I like Tennessee's offense. I, I liked what they did last year for what they had, right? Like I expect Tennessee's offense to kind of like be terrible now uh, going forward. Uh, you know, Derek Henry will get a majority of the work, but I think that they got the best of, uh, you know, what they had. So I think LaFleur is going to do well for them. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Packers having a really nice bounce back year. So hopefully they do well. Hopefully they can win the Super Bowl, right? That'd be awesome. But uh, I'm not going that crazy. I'm not calling they're going to win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, they very well could. It's football. Any guy with any team with a great quarterback and some skill players around him could potentially win the Super Bowl. I obviously wouldn't put them as my first choice, but like there's 10, 12 teams that are potentially in play for the Super Bowl this year. Oh, yeah, for certain. There's a lot of teams. Whenever you have Aaron Rodgers, right, I feel like you're always live as long as you make the playoffs. If you can just get hot for four games, it's he's tough to beat. So uh, definitely love, obviously, having him on my side and not having to ever play against him. So hopefully he stays there his whole career. Oh, uh, We got a guy like Pettis who went, who I heard people were talking about Pettis was falling a little bit in drafts, but I still am bullish on Pettis having a big year. I still think he's going to be the number one in San Francisco if you don't include Kittle. But based on the receivers, I think he'll be the number one. Do you kind of agree? Uh, Kittle? Uh, well, Kittle, I think, is going to be the number one option, but I think Pettis is going to be the oh. number one receiver in town. It's it's interesting. I would assume so, but it, it's an interesting offense. I think you mix and match things. I think Pettis is a fine choice, but there's a lot of guys in there that you could potentially go with. So, yeah, I, I don't mind Pettis. I'm not too heavy on him. I probably will be later on when I actually do regular season-long drafts uh, just because of the potential upside. But in best balls, it's a, it's a good pick, just taking a guy that could, could have a big season in the later rounds. I mean, you got him in the 10th round. That's, 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 that's good value there. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention, obviously, if you guys are joining us late, I see Melissa just joined us. She said hello. But I want to talk about we got a draft best ball kit. If you don't have that, guys, jump on in. It's an absolutely awesome contest. Uh, you know, the best ball contests are fun. Uh, if you want to, you know, check out the season-long content, you want to check out the draft content, uh, jump on in. It's $40, and you get a free $25 ticket with that. So uh, check that out, guys. It is absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's literally with the $25 ticket, it's 15 bucks. That's more than enough to invest in if you're doing a decent amount of best ball drafts or if you're even not doing that much. It helps prepare you for season-long football as well. When I'm going to be coming up on my season-long drafts that I really just don't even care about, I'm just going to look through the best ball kit and figure things out through that. Yep, that's definitely a thing that I would be doing here. And uh, people are taking picks now. Let's see what Big T's got cooking up here. He's got Kyler Murray. He's got Kamara, Carson, Montgomery, Murray, uh, Juju, Hilton, Watkins, Kirk, and then Kittle and Howard. Pretty good team. I feel like any eight team, like any eight team draft you look at is pretty exciting. I don't know about you, but like most of the eight teamers, I think are pretty good teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's so much, the difference between eight and 12 teams is massive. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. So I think I prefer doing more of the 12 man ones and uh, obviously we did eight for this show because we're just inviting the followers and everything. We want to make sure we get it filled it. But uh, yeah, uh, maybe the next time we do it, maybe we'll do a 12 man or something. We'll only do one MLB draft because I prefer the 12 man contest. I've definitely noticed an edge there. And if you're one of those people that says, oh, there's still not an edge there. Uh, you know, I still think there is. I still think if you uh, dive in and start doing it now, there can be an edge and you don't have to do the best balls, right? You can do like a $3, you know, 12 man contest and you don't have to worry about Tyreek Hill who went in the eighth round in some of the best ball championships. So uh, there's still money to be made. There's still money to be won in my opinion. So jump on in guys. 
play those contests. Uh, any final, uh, any final questions we got here, Grant? Uh, if we have any, Devin, fire them away, and then we'll kind of get on out of here short. Is the have time in a minute? Oh, gosh, someone took it. Darn you, I wanted Ebron. Well, I guess Drake it is. Why not? I can do whatever I want. Um, yeah. Are White Claws really only $15 for a 12-pack? I've never actually bought them before. Uh, I don't know. I, I've only had one White Claw, and I, I did not enjoy it that much. Uh, I thought I would, but I don't know. It was too much seltzer for me. You seem like a dude who loves White Claw. You yeah, really I... seem like a dude that loves White Claw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have Grant, 10 minutes. Oh, sorry. 10 minutes. Learn how to tell time, my friend. My bad, guys. We have 10, well, we have 10 minutes left. So uh, we got to kill more time here, but we have a draft going on. So that's okay. Uh, we're at 12.2 on the draft. And let's look at some teams while we're here then. My bad, guys. I got the timing wrong. Um, but Grant, let's look at your team. You got Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. You got Williams, Gordon, who if he doesn't sit out, that's obviously good value there. Cohen, Lindsey, Drake who's in a walking boot right now. Hopefully he, it works out for you, but uh, I'm hoping it doesn't work out for you because I'm going against you and I don't have a lot of Drake in my drafts. I have more ballage. Um, I mean, it should be fine. Like I have Williams, I have Cohen, I have Lindsay. That's more than enough to make up for Gordon and Drake in the earlier parts of the season here. Potentially Gordon will be back week one, so I could be entirely fine. But who did I insult? Man, I just don't want to know. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, saying that. Yeah, it might be an insult saying that you seem like a white claw guy. And I mean, I, it doesn't doesn't bother me. Uh, it's fine. Like I don't I don't like beer, so yeah, white claw would make sense, Grant. Like it, but I don't. I tried what it. Do man. you generally drink when you drink occasionally? Um, what do I generally drink? Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't go out of my way to get something, but like if I do order something at a restaurant, I'll go with an amaretto sour because it like tastes like candy. It's like just delicious. So um that's what i'll kind of like order. A sour guy. <laughs> yeah dude definitely enjoy that uh you know i will drink beer right if like someone's having a beer and like we're going back and forth just like trading buying drinks i'll drink a beer it's not a, it's not a problem i just don't enjoy it that much uh so yeah uh, I'll, I'll do that but uh i don't mind like if i'm at like a place like my one family they make really good sangria so i'll drink sangria sangria is pretty solid can't complain about that uh, i think the taste is good and some wine isn't bad but uh yeah i'm not the base drink yeah yeah no, that's good you Probably won't die unlike me. That's a good thing I hear. I hear living living is pretty neat. <laughs> Grant, you are you are living life. You are living it pretty well. Let me see what's going on here with my next pick. Um I don't know what to do, man. I'll go, I'll go Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan should have a pretty good year. I'm bullish on the Falcons offense. I think that they're gonna be pretty good this season. Uh I, I like Devontae Freeman too. I think he's another guy that has some upside this year let me take another guy i'm gonna go with i'll go with dd i'm a big dd fan this season i have a lot of receivers already but uh like i said my my idea in these uh formats is to really fire on receivers and because there's just so much they're so volatile right like you have julio jones he's a guy that you know one week he's you know scoring three touchdowns and the next he's scoring zero for like you know 15 straight weeks so there's just a lot of things going on yeah yeah no absolutely right there with you um like and also, like, having wide receiver depth it makes sense to draft because of the volatility because you have the flex spot. So you could potentially have four guys go off in a single week um, or just one guy, like, in your flex and bigger 10- and 12-man leagues where you have Robbie Anderson, let's say, who goes off for 20 points because he got an 80-yard bomb. And that's most that's enough to get you going there. So any guy can catch a long bomb. So it's always good to target wide receivers with big play potential in these drafts because – it can happen literally any given week, whereas a running back, more than likely not, is not going to break off 
a 50-yard-plus run unless you're Saquon Barkley and the greatest running back in the league. Yeah. Now, Grant, I, I have a question for you because someone said a chocolate martini. It sounds like something I would have, they're saying. I think that sounds absolutely disgusting. Have you ever had a chocolate martini? And you can tell me what, what your thoughts are on it. I mean, it's, it, it'll give you, give you diabetes pretty quickly, but they are delicious. Um, it's tough to have more than one of them, but I, one time, I used to have a uh, – back when I was an accountant, I was in a $500 league, and we'd always have the live draft, like, in person, and I would go – and one of the times I got in a chocolate martini drinking contest with another guy. And I think we ended at like 11. I did not feel great for the next day of work at all. But yeah, I would not suggest t- chocolate martinis. That, that sounds disgusting. I, I know one thing I'll never do, Grant. I'm never getting in a chocolate martini chugging contest, especially against you. Because, you know, chugging contests against you, they just never go right. It wasn't chugging contest. It was a volume contest. So we... <laughs> Try to see how many we could drink, and I drank too many. Dude, that, that just sounds so gross. I, I can't wait for the chat to. Uh, I can't wait for the chat to catch up on this one because uh, oh, that that's so disgusting. Uh, I'm so grossed out right now. But uh, yeah, I'd rather have a beer than that. And uh, yeah, Cobra Kai's talking about it now. The chocolate martini drinking contest. What other drinking contests have you been in? Right? Like, I want to hear all of them while we do these drafts. Like, what are some other drinking things you've done? Um, let's see. Back in college. You know those little mini kegs, like the Heineken mini kegs? Yeah. Uh, we had a contest to see how quickly we could finish one of those. I finished it in two hours, which is like 22 beers. That night did not go well. I think I took a bite out of raw chicken and then hit it under the couch. Oh, college, not, not, not a great idea. Uh, let's see. Um, have you ever done the wizard staff competitions? It's no. where you, like, after you finish a beer, a can of beer, you duct tape it to the next can of beer and the next one. So you're drinking out of a giant wizard staff, and you try and get it up to your height, which is about, for me, 18 beers. And it's, it's, a, fun, it's a fun time. Um, but what, happens if it fall- what happens if it falls? Like, you have to, like, stack them, like, until they well, fall? Well, you, t- you tape them together. Oh, you tape them. Okay, so they can't fall. Yeah. I missed that part. That sounds awful, Grant. Ah, man. I mean, I get I, it. I have done the gallon challenge, trying to drink a gallon of milk, and oh boy, it does not go well at all. Do not do it. The actual way to do it is because your body isn't able to digest lactose that quickly. So you take lactase, which is an enzyme that allows you to digest it before you start the challenge, and you can actually do it. Oh, dude, Grant, that sounds awful. I, I, my, my, I'm like, my, my stomach is like dying hearing you say all this. Someone's asking, how many shots do you, uh, do you think you can take, Grant? Like if 35. you're going to shot, 35 is what you think you could do? 35 over an eight-hour period, I can absolutely do. 35? That's insane. Yeah. What, so is that the most you've done? Like you know this for a fact? Well, it's roughly how much is in, like close to how much is in a handle. And I... Back in college, I think I came close to finishing an entire handle in one night. But I know I've done 30 beers in a day before. Not, not as I'm not as big of a drinker as I used to be. Not by a long stretch, but um, yeah, I can still drink. I, I, I don't. I, my liver uh, digests alcohol at a ridiculous rate, and so I'm able to drink and sober up quicker during the day. So if it's over a longer period of time, I will be able to out drink most people because my BAC actually drops at a 
steadily quicker rate than other people's because of my liver's ability to digest toxins and get them out of my body. You know, someone in the chat just said that they've had done 21 in a three hour period, which dude, I don't know how you guys, I don't know how you guys are like living. Like I, I would literally, there's just a thought of 21 in three hours makes me want to die right now. I, I would not I literally to... have a hundred pounds on you. That's probably why that, that definitely plays part in it. You probably have a lot more weight on me uh, for sure. But Oh my gosh, I, that just gross. I, I'm so grossed out by thinking about it, but um Man, you guys are crazy. I, I want more. What school did you go to, Grant? People want to know what school. Obviously, you must have went to the number one party school. Well, where'd you go to? No, I went to private schools. It was a Pacific. <laughs> and did, were you in a, were you in a fraternity then? Because you you're someone that uh would, would you know you strike me as a fraternity guy, but you strike me as someone maybe with the drink, and you would have went in one. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't go to fraternity. We didn't have them at our school. But strangely enough, it was uh. Like for being a private Christian school, it was a pretty big party school. And Playboy actually rated it number two hottest women in the nation behind ASU back in two thousand one. That is that is insane, Grant. Um, but yeah, we let's look at some final stuff on the draft. We got four minutes. Uh, everyone's loving the drinking stories. We got four minutes left, and let's look at some final teams here. Let's check out Big T's team. He's got Andrew Luck, Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, Kamara, Carson Montgomery, Murray. Uh, Juju, Hilton, Fitzgerald, Watkins, Kirk, Moncrief, and Funches, and then Kittle and Howard. What do you think of his team? His team looks like a really strong team. Yeah, it is a strong team. I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> Dude, it's a strong team. Like, uh, obviously, like, it's tough to, like, obviously host a show and, like, draft at the same time. Uh, I don't love the team I've constructed here. I've definitely made better teams. But uh, it's not terrible. I still think I'm still think I'm live, but Big T's definitely has a really strong team here that uh, – has me a little concerned, so uh, we'll have I'm to... I'm just going to let Big T win it, although I am surprised he drafted three quarterbacks. I guess with luck in there, it makes sense. Um, yeah. Murray potentially being a injury issue. It's not really the worst idea in the world to go with three quarterbacks, unless you were me. Like, there's, I have Aaron Rodgers, I have Mahomes. There's no reason to go with the third quarterback. Absolutely not. I mean, they're going to put up big games each week. Even if one of them gets injured, the likelihood of both of them being injured at the same time is unlikely. And if they did have, if that did happen, even if I had a third quarterback, I was probably out of the running anyways. So, yeah, yeah. The two running back is generally the way to go, but three running backs, especially in higher payouts of the top type leagues where you can essentially just pair them up with wide receivers. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yep, for sure. And we got two minutes left, Grant. Uh, how about this? Before we get on out of here, I know we've talked some uh, NFL and we're doing a best draft, but give the people, you know, maybe they showed up late, give them the MLB final thoughts on this slate, what you're kind of doing. Give them the quick breakdown. Play you, play Sonny Gray, play Smiley, stack the Yankees, stack the Twins in smaller field tournaments, bigger field tournaments, Astros and uh, Indians are some good sneaky stacks that could potentially have a whole bunch of bombs here. That makes sense. We are gonna we are gonna get on out of here a little bit early. Uh, coming up next, we got Dean seven eight nine zero four and Pepsi seven for the five o'clock show. We got Kevin Roth. We got Derek Cardi at six fifteen. I'm sure he'll tell you that lefty mashers don't exist and hot streaks don't exist. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Kevin will give you the weather updates. Cardi will give you all of his hot takes and everything. But. We got to get on out of here, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. We'll finish up this best ball draft and be sure to jump on in tons of best ball drafts throughout the next month. For me, Travis Mangone, for Grant Niefer, we are out of here. See you, kids.
I'm here at the Boston Beantown Draft. This is a collection of local guys in the fantasy industry that live in New England. They invited me to the league last year. It was the league's second year. They didn't invite me the first year, and I think I know why. It's because uh, I won last year, and now I'm back to defend my crown. Kevin, are you... What are you going to be doing to pump in music for my victory, like, podium? I just didn't know if I need to bring my own music or if you guys are pumping something in. Do you want me to start out here and then you could announce me? This is your show, man. I'm 6'1 out of Point Loma Nazarene University, if you want that for the introduction. 6'1 shooting guard. Get in here. We're about to do my ceremony. Let's go. All right, Simon, this is where you do the record scratch, and I do a clever voiceover. Not because my mic cut out at this point in the video, but because artistically, I truly believe the video calls for it. Now, what the men in this room don't realize right now is that earlier in the day, I devised an elaborate ruse to submarine all of their drafts and allow me to defend my crown. Now, last year, I won this league after not drafting a single running back until the late rounds. So I thought I might help these guys try to replicate what I did. So I printed up my own set of ranks, Roto ranks, which look a lot like your typical ranks, just minus that one position that does not matter whatsoever. And earlier today, I told all of these guys, hey, don't bother bringing in your laptops and your rankings. I got you covered. So now all I got to do is sit back and watch the draft of my dreams. A true zero RB draft where not only are running backs devalued, but they're flat out ignored. Here's the thing though. Uh, Simon, can we do another record scratch? I'm afraid my plan failed. Red stickers galore. Red literally means stop. It's a universal symbol for not proceeding and yet these running backs on these red stickers were drafted one after another after another. Even when you remove them from the cheat sheet, they find a way to reemerge like weeds in the garden or those trick birthday candles that continue to relight. Too many running backs. So many red stickers. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the draft list, but you're not supposed to take running backs in the first round. What's up with Chubb there? Hold up your, uh, hold up your, uh, is that a ransom note or a draft sheet? Goodness. Give me all your draft picks or done. This is, this is like the list of people you've murdered. <laughs> so you, oh, wow. I'm only doing the running backs. Okay, good. You took, That's you the only took, position that matters. Which one's in there? Football guys he's right there. He's, he was in order. They're going in order. Kevin, you really disrespected the the sheet I provided you with way too many running backs Yeah. when I said those weren't an option. Yeah, you know why? Because As you can tell, not only had I become persona non grata at the Beantown draft, but I also revealed myself to be a fraud. You see... I had the number two overall pick. Every bone in my body told me to pick DeAndre Hopkins. My entire life had led up to this point. And yet when I was on the clock, I was frozen. And despite what my heart wanted, my brain, my big dumb lizard brain, selected Saquon Barkley. I was rightfully vilified.
As Howie Day once said, Even the best fall down sometimes. Even the running backs feel so right.
going on rotor grinders dean here that's dean 78904 if you want to get all technical on me it's four o'clock on the dot wait nope it's five o'clock on the dot in the east coast it is four o'clock somewhere drink your beers two o'clock on the west coast four o'clock tennessee time see there you go i make promises i come through with it of course if it's time for the flagship show here at rotor grinders it is called it's called grinders live it's sponsored by fantasy draft and joining me today is a very spirited pre-show Pepsi 7 what's going on Pepsi? i do know what time it is so i'm a little less rattled than you are but uh, i'm excited yeah, big night last night for me, so I'm happy, hoping to keep things rolling here tonight, and uh, it's another interesting short slate on deck. Yeah, it's four o'clock somewhere. I'm like, I'm not incorrect, but like, I guess you'd want to know, specify the time zones, and I kind of got there. I pieced it together. Don't beat me up too much, Pepsi, but uh, yeah. Slightly rattled, that's all. Just saying slightly rattled. Seven, not exactly a seven, but not exactly not a seven, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. For the old school people there in chat. What's up, chat? How are y'all doing today? That's a, I'm talking to the Rotor Grinders chat and the YouTube chat. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. We'll be answering all your questions uh, later on in the show. And if the train, you know, our producer is going to be definitely pulling them as well throughout the show. If they happen to pertain to the conversation and they come up here in the, the chat, we'll knock them out as we go along as well. Uh, Pepsi, we have a, a pretty fun slate. I kind of, I, I feel good about tonight's slate tonight. How do you feel about it? Over, yeah, over. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good, too. I mean, you know, obviously we're lacking options, you know, uh, certainly in the mid-tier pitching range, I'd say, and probably even in value-wise, too. But uh, we get enough pitchers to make it interesting with the addition of Pineda late here and, uh, you know, a couple of offenses that should be pretty popular and uh, a few sneaky places to go. So despite it being a small slate, I agree with you. It looks like a fun one. The addition of Pineda? You're not playing Pineda. Why not? He's too expensive. I mean, there's some strikeout potential there for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm not playing him. I mean, I'm going to say you're not playing Pineda. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for you. I'm going to play Pineda over Gray, and and that only leaves me Darvish as well in that top tier. So I'm never going to talk about it. But uh, I mean, I never heard anything about a pitch count, right? I mean, yeah, he's going back from the IL. He wasn't gone for too long, but uh, well, we'll dig into it. But I I take umbrage with that thought. I think. Yeah, there's some goofy prices out there, you know, specific to fantasy draft, specific to uh, to DK as well. Uh, and we'll kind of dig into it. We'll talk about some of the weird prices because Mike Fires is the second most expensive guy on the slate, well, depending on where you're looking, yeah. uh, which is completely preposterous, obviously. Did you know he's uh, the most expensive on fantasy draft? Speaking of which, is the sponsor of the show, right, Dean? <laughs> it's the sponsor of the show, yes. You kind of cut me off mid-sentence or mid-thought, and that's what I was going to kind of get to and. Uh, the, the salaries are tight. I mean, it's a completely absurd thing that he's the most expensive guy over there. And to uh, to mention as far as a sponsor of Fantasy Draft, of course, you guys know, uh, no rake DFS, 100% of the entry fees paid out, go to 100% of the winners all the time. Uh, we also want to mention this, Pepsi. I'm not sure if, uh, if you're aware of this as far as the football. There is a free roll going down. I'm going to go ahead and drop this uh, link here in chat for you guys. It's going to be in the Roto-Runners chat. It's also going to be uh, in the, uh, the YouTube chat as well. But Pepsi, they're giving away uh, – football is going out uh, – is starting tonight as far as preseason football. And it's the Thursday through Saturday slate. They're giving away 250 tickets 
into their $1 million contest that starts week one, $20 entry fee. So they're giving away 20, uh, $20 tickets, 250 times. Uh, you have three entry max. It doesn't cost you anything. Additionally, if you click on that link here, the Rotogrounders forums, and you put your name, your, your screen name there on the bottom, they're giving away swag, Pepsi. I know you like some swag. You like some free stuff there in Canada. You're a little frugal, I'm sure. Uh, actually, I'm confident of this because I know how you tip. Wow. I mean, I think my tips are reasonable. Again, it's based on service. You're the one that wants to over tip. That doesn't mean my tipping is not good. Eh, suspect. I don't know if I'd want to wait on you. But uh, yeah, oh, nonetheless. <laughs> if you want to win yourself some fantasy draft uh, swag, jump into the Rotogrounders forums. That link, again, it's in chat. Uh, it, it's now I'm fairly certain uh, list things have changed. Their lock is tonight. Like the games will lock tonight, and you're, you have to put your players in there for Saturday as well. So it's a Thursday through Saturday preseason slate, $250, $20 tickets available for the million-dollar contest that's going down week one. Doesn't cost you anything. There you go. Have at it. Uh, also want to mention, Pepsi, uh, one more thing to satisfy uh, the higher-ups here. We have uh, the Rotor Brothers badge. If you're rocking the RG badge, of course, uh, we do a little shout-out here, if nothing else. Obviously, if you guys finish the top 10 of certain contests around the industry, you get yourself one month free of RG Premium. Pepsi, you ready for the shout-outs, those that just signed up? Let's do it. All right. You sound Hopefully you butcher some of these names here. I've been waiting for this all year. You've done a pretty good job. I've, uh, you know, I take a few minutes before the show and I look at it and I try to piece it together. So I think I'm all over it. Uh, this one doesn't mean A-W-G-I-B. That's just what it is. Uh, welcome. Uh, G-Father 716. We got, uh, I, there's one you're really going to like here, Pepsi. I'm not sure if you're taking a peek at it just yet. Uh, Stevie D0927. We got man in Detroit. And lastly, this one's for you, Pepsi. Made, paid, laid. <laughs> I mean, why is that the one I have to like? I don't know. No, I think you liked A-W-G-I-B. That's what I was talking about. Those are your favorite, five favorite letters, probably. Maybe not. I don't know. Welcome. They're in that class. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have power rankings for favorite letters. <laughs> is there a letter you guys don't use in Canada? Like Z, you guys don't use Z, right? Is that not in your alphabet? We, we call it Z for whatever That's reason, but it's the same letter. Yes, we have the same alphabet as you. It's amazing that you don't know that we have the same alphabet as you. It's <laughs> the English language and it has an alphabet. That's what I was Six letters, it's all the same in the English language. Don't you guys speak Canadian up there? I thought that was uh, maybe, you know, whatever. New dude. Well, look, I, that's what I was referencing. Obviously, it's the same thing, but you called something else, yada, yada, yada. Let's dive into the slate. Enough of this nonsense. Oh, before we get there, I have a question for you. Okay. We got time. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask this question. So, Caleb Smith into the fifth inning today has a no hitter. Oh, he no longer has a no hitter. I'm just saying it's into the fifth inning. He had thrown 92 pitches, 91 pitches in the fifth inning. Now the Marlins are going nowhere. Caleb Smith, I guess, is in their future, but I mean, he's not like he's, you know, this young and talented Max Scherzer or anything crazy. But um, as the manager, he gets into the seventh, gets into the eighth. He's throwing 109 pitches in the eighth. Still has a no-hitter intact. What do you do? I mean, the kid wants to go for it. Your season's not in jeopardy, obviously. I guess his arm could be somewhat. But where is the number where you go, okay, this is too many pitches. I don't care that we're out of it, and I don't care that the no-hitter's intact. You're done at what number? What do you do with him there? Yeah, he's not going that, that he's not going the distance. I mean, if I'm the Marlins, I trade him in the middle of the sixth inning. This guy's playing too good for us. we got to get rid of him. <laughs> Well, what's uh, the number though? I mean, I mean, didn't didn't um, trying to think of who that no hitter was. It's true. Somebody's you know, hundred and was it Dallas Braden? Well, Maybe? okay, so years ago, uh, eight, 
Speaking of the Marlins, AJ Burnett threw a no hitter for the Marlins. This is going to date myself. Uh, yeah. against the Padres in the West Coast where he had like seven or eight walks or so. It was at least eight. And he had 149 pitches, I believe, too. Yeah. Edwin, speaking of Edwin Jackson, by the way, I did roster Edwin Jackson last night. I, I kept to my word. I paired him with Clayton Kershaw, and I stacked him with the Braves. <laughs> that did not work. bad. There you go. Look at that. Look at all the callbacks to yesterday's show. Uh, Edwin, yeah, Ejax had uh, what, 140 pitches or so or something like that. And uh, Mike Fires, I feel like, went kind of deep. Worst pitcher of all time to ever throw multiple no-hitters, Mike Fires. Yeah. Well, yeah, did Braden throw two or just one? I think he threw just one, yeah. And it might have been a perfect game. He's the worst pitcher to throw a perfect game. Braden might have a perfect game, actually. Da- Braden might have, like, ten career wins, so one's like a no-hitter or something like that. I don't know how many wins. Win is overrated, though, Dean. <laughs> that's that's fair. But who was the, who's the pitcher that had through 160 something at the no hitter? That might have been Edwin. I don't know. That might have been. I'm telling you, Chad will look it up. Chad will look up. Somebody threw over 160 pitches not too long ago. I want to say within the last five years, but I do remember the AJ Burnett walk fest where he had. I want. I'm going to guess 149 was the pitch count there. That sounds about right. You might have banked it. You might have got both showcase showdowns again. If we only had a machine where we could type this stuff in. And get this <laughs> but Pepsi, we don't have time for this nonsense. Oh, we got lots of time. Yeah, we do. We, we yeah. do have lots of time. Uh, we'll talk about the slate. We'll kind of dig in. And, you know, uh, we got – do we have old you Dar- – my God, is that you Darvish's old music? Is he is he back to where, where he once was? That's the top pitcher in the slate, is it not? Despite the fact fantasy draft is telling us it's like fires, which is absurd. Yeah, you know what? Darvish might be better than he ever was, actually. I mean, this guy's been insane. Last 10 weeks, these numbers are unbelievable. Or a 33% strikeout rate, a 3% walk rate. Darvish which is the best K to walk rate outside of anybody in baseball, other than, of course, Justin Verlander. That's incredible. That's a pretty good sample size, even for our boy Cardi there. So Darvish is the man tonight. My top play in all formats. Absolutely love him. Totally buying into this new Darvish here, or the old Darvish, combination of both maybe. And, uh, yeah, the matchup's not great, of course, more neutral. But uh, as we know, Darvish, much better versus righties. And uh, the better hitters, at least, for the, for the Phillies outside of Harper. Are right-handed so i think it's still going to be a favorable matchup um we're lacking high-end arms here and trustworthy arms in general so that leads me to darvish being the top play in all formats yeah pepsi it's funny I, i'm pretty sure i feel like you might have pulled that stat you got to give credit where it's good did you pull that stat from the cheese's million dollar musings because i saw that as well well i do my own research as well but yeah cheese wrote something about that in there too so he knows what he's doing i mean stats are stats right so if somebody else posts it you're probably going to talk about the similar stat if it's uh if it's impressive yeah, but just the, just the wording made it sound like you made a... <laughs> hey, I do love Cheese. I do read his articles. I do think he's the best. So uh, if Cheese is offended out there, which he's not, because we're pretty tight, uh, he does a great job, and he's the best in the business. But uh, it's hard to break down a, a K percentage and a walk to, to K rate without using the same numbers that everybody else is using, I guess. I'm just giving you the business. But uh, As I, I, I happen to have that same thing pulled in front of me. I, I was going to mention Cheese, because I also wanted to mention, speaking of Cheese, uh, Cheese is on his way to Chicago. Uh, it's the DK final, live final this weekend. Uh, Cheese is going to be playing there. I know Big T is there. Kirk D's. Uh, Cal, you know, one of the founders here. I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the people out there might not know Cal is. That's why I was... See, There's Cal a- and Cheese. I'm going to cheer for those two guys because if anybody needs money, it's those <laughs> Pepsi, there is an audience that are watching us. So they, maybe they're like, oh, who's Cal? Like, I know you know who Cal is. yeah. He's, you know what? I mean, he's obviously maybe not a big name in DFS, but he should be because he's won a couple of monster uh, tournaments here. So this guy knows what he's doing. Not only is he our, uh, I guess, our big boss here, but uh, a hell of a DFS player too. So I'm sure him and Cheese will represent well. 
he also banked a million dollars. Both those guys have banked millions of dollars uh, yep. in DFS. And uh, there's also I was uh, in the Discord, or actually no, I was on a, a Crunch Time chat yesterday. Which well, you mentioned Cardi. Cardi will be on Crunch Time later on with uh, with Roth. Uh, for those of you guys, the premium members, uh, six fifteen on the East Coast, all the way up to Lock. And there was multiple members as well that are on the way to Chicago as well. So wish the everybody good luck there, obviously, but especially the RG members and those that we previously mentioned as well. Uh, what do we do with SB2, Pepsi, or how do we kind of work our way down here? Again, we talked about Mike Fires. The asking price is preposterous. I, I can't get on board with Pineda, especially when Sunny Gray, uh, again, depending on where you're shopping, is Sunny Gray a little bit cheaper uh, on DK as opposed to Pineda? We don't really know how deep he's going to go. And speaking of that, that's not one I wanted to mention this to you, Pepsi, actually. Uh, Darvish has been awesome, right? Is there any concern? He's been great. Pitch count last time, 78. Before that, 93. Before that, 98. That's fine. 77, 83, 94, 86. He hasn't thrown 100 pitches in his last, you know, nine starts. And he's they've been really good starts. Not like he's been getting beat up. Is that something that we care about or just, you know? I mean, I'm not overly concerned. That might be something to worry about if you've got two or three aces you're debating on. You can dig into that knowing that he has a bit of a shorter leash. And that is also because, too, he's not walking anybody. So if you think he walks a couple extra guys, then maybe you're concerned with that. But on this slate with these arms, that's just not something I'm going to be concerned about. I think he can go six. I think he can strike out at least eight. And uh, that's going to do it for me. So, yeah, I understand why you might look at that, but I'm not really too concerned. And the fact that he's been so good might mean they let him go a little longer here. Maybe he pushes the 100 you know, pitch mark tonight. Yeah, uh, and as far as the price uh, and DK, as far as Gray, he's seventeen seven and Pineda's eighteen one. So again, it matches up as far as you know, fans draft and DraftKings. Uh, Gray is a little bit cheaper than Pineda. That's what I mean. Well, sure, you play the uh, you play the ownership game or whatever. I suppose you brought Pineda, and Pineda could be fine in theory in like ninety pitches or so. But he's not a guy that, that they're going to let go too long necessarily. I don't think so. At least he probably gets the W though. We'll talk about offense in a second, but Minnesota projected for. Close to seven runs there. So we'll take those four points if he sticks around for five innings. Uh, but talk about the next year. Talk about Sonny Gray. Talk about Pineda if you want to. And then, of course, there's Andrew Heaney. Uh, and that's for, like, depending on where you're shopping, where he totally pops uh, on Fandle for whatever reason. He's got a goofy price over there. He's just too cheap. And, you know, DK, uh, fans draft, he's got a market price. He's kind of what he should be. What's your take here on these next uh, groupings there? Well, Fires is the guy you usually pass up on. There's no strikeout outside uh, versus Houston in general, and Fires doesn't really have it. So he's an easy pass. I have no idea why he's that highly priced, especially when fantasy draft, the highest priced pitcher. So that's an easy fade. Pineda is a guy that I like. He's not walking guys. He's winning the hard contact a little better. Uh, the strikeouts have been great. We know Texas will strike out. No, but ballpark's not great. And, of course, Pineda coming back off the IL isn't great either, but I haven't heard anything about a pitch count. He probably sits around 85 or 90 pitches. I actually prefer Pineda in tournaments as the pivot off of Darvis instead of Gray. We've seen Gray regress lately. You know, obviously the ground balls and strikeouts have, have remained there for Gray, which is nice, but I feel like Gray's your number two guy in terms of, uh, you know, and GPPs in terms of ownership here off of Darvis. So I, I might end up skipping Gray to get to Pineda. So I do like Pineda a little bit. I understand he's priced up pretty high and there's some concerns, but I will play him at least once just to have a little bit of a pivot. I may end up playing Gray as well, but I guess if it comes down to it and I'm only picking one lineup to use either Pineda or Gray, I'll probably go Pineda just because of ownership and uh, and I kind of like that matchup a little better. But um, yeah, Sonny Gray, perfectly fine as well. I'm just not a huge Sonny Gray guy in general, you know. The Cardinals, I just don't understand either. I mean, they're awful versus right-handed pitching. This lineup's just too good to be that bad. But again, the strikeouts, the ground balls, they're pretty safe for Gray, so he'll be the most popular pivot off of Darvish, which is why I think I kind of lean to Pineda. And Andrew Heaney, I like Heaney. 
you know, he's a guy that I, I, I do support generally. The price point's too high. Again, he hasn't been pushed at all. We don't know how deep he's going to go. But on FanDuel, at $6,400, I want to say he is there. I mean, even if he only goes five, he's got a K printing upside here. Um, you know, the win potential is certainly there. He could get a quality start here as well, but I'm not guaranteeing it because, again, the leash is a little short here. But he's not somebody you can pay for on, on DK or Fantasy Draft, in my opinion. But on, on FanDuel, he's very much in play. I, I love him for GPPs if you're looking to load up with some of these Yankees and Twins bats. Yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense over there. And even in cash games, I don't think it's the worst idea necessarily if you want to load, if you really, really feel, feel strongly about the bats over there. Uh, on Fando, but like you said, first game back, he threw 74 pitches. He didn't make it out of the fourth inning. Of course, that was a tough matchup uh, at Boston, and tonight versus the White Sox, a little bit different. And uh, we always talk about getting the QS. We want that quality start, but like you said, the way the price is, it doesn't necessarily have to go uh, six to justify the roster spot. Uh, who else are we sort of working in here that's worth talking about as far as pitchers? Because, uh, by the way, I did want to mention Gray. I wasn't really sure who this guy was. The dude batting eighth for the Cardinals, Randy something. I don't know. I'm not really aware of him. So I just, I pulled up his fan graphs page. I'm curious what he's doing uh, this season. The minors, 10 homers, 16 steals for what it's, what it's worth uh, in the majors. He projected for like a WRC plus of, of, of 91 and he's projected to strike out around 22% of the time. So doesn't look like a guy with a huge strikeout rate. Just kind of, kind of curious as far as gray uh, and how that's projected as far as the strikeouts tonight. Uh, let's work our way down here, Pepsi, because it's not, I don't know, I don't think it's very deep, but it gets ugly pretty fast as far as our pitching options tonight. You know, Tehran versus the Mets, and uh, if you throw the Marlins out, uh, Tehran's stats don't look very good. Uh, you know, the Stroh show looked, looked good last time out, but he cares more about, you know, uh, getting ground balls to the shortstop and then getting strikeouts for you. Alex Young versus the Sam Fran, the best thing you can say about Alex Young is he's playing against Sam Fran. Uh, <laughs> this mid-tier is gross, right? Yeah, it's not too appealing. I agree with you so far. I mean, I guess you could maybe argue Aaron Sanchez, but again, I'm I'm a Sanchez truther too in the right in the right matchup. I don't think this is a great matchup, and uh, still walking too many guys, still getting hit hard by lefties. I mean, I think it's fine if you end up landing somewhere above seven or between seven and nine. I guess Sanchez is where I'm most comfortable here. Um, but yeah, I don't really love anything in this area. I think that. Uh, I think I'd rather, if I'm not going to pay up and get a combination of Pineda, Darvish, or Gray, I think I may end up uh, heading down just all over the bottom to Derek Rodriguez. I, I know he's a terrible pitcher, but he could be okay for five or six innings. He's dirt cheap, lets you get the bats in there. So when I'm not loading up a couple of good arms, I'm likely going to go down there and play because I could have a lot of fun. And again, love the Twins, like the Yankees here. They're both very expensive, obviously. So that's probably the route I'm going to take to get my bats in. Um, I don't love it. You know, again, I, it worries me, but uh, yeah, there's just not a lot to like here. Why, why spend $7,700? But I, eh, okay on Sanchez when I feel like Rodriguez could be close and almost $3,000 cheaper. Yeah. I'm, it's kind of like a fork on the road for me because I'm, I'm going to try to make it work as far as, you know, doubling down on, you know, Darvish and gray, but that's going to be tricky for sure. And of course, with the world of a salary cap, we'll talk about the bats suited up. There's a lot of bats that I want and some of them are kind of pricey. Uh, the mid tier is gross. If you want to buy into the fact that the Houston, you know, coaches are just so good. They can just turn guys around immediately or you know, at least better position them. I suppose that's kind of a thing. Uh, but Sanchez is not exactly cheap. Oakland is patient. You talk about Sanchez's issues with walks as is, so I don't really know what his ceiling is anyway, and Oakland's not necessarily an ideal matchup any, uh, for multiple reasons. Outside of the ballpark, but the ballpark is also suppressing 
the potential for strikeouts will have foul territory as well. Uh, you mentioned Rodriguez. I'll give you a plus for Rodriguez. No Cattell Marte in that Arizona lineup. That's mm-hmm. something. That's something nice to say about him. His dad was great. Yeah, that's, that certainly helps. Those, those are two, you know, two good points there. But uh, <laughs> two good points. Yeah, I want to just reiterate here. In cash, I really think it's Darvish and Gray. Gray is safer than Pineda. I do like to pivot off of uh, Darvish and GPPs to Pineda over Gray just because of lower ownership. I think you could have a good game there. But in cash, you really want to stick with Darvish and Gray. They're the two best pitchers, the two safest, at least, I think. And I think that's just the safest way to go. You don't want to go down to Derek Rodriguez and cash. I think it's fine in GPPs to get some bats in here and hope he gets you eight to 12 points maybe. But uh, this is not a good picture. I have not seen what the bat says. Cardi will be on next, obviously. I'm curious. The, car, uh, the bat is like uh, smiley like a lot this year. It's like a cheap. Yeah, but it's had some great matchups too, Dean. This is not a great matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Smiley might be popping at projection models to some extent, which is like something I don't feel good about at all. Uh, and I might roster him just because uh, the ballpark's not great. He's given up so many homers this year. I think just short of three. It's not exactly the, uh, you know, the biggest sample size. I can go ahead and pull it up. Actually, it's right in front of me. <clears throat> 75 innings this year, Pepsi. 2.75 uh, homers per nine. That, that seems like a lot. That seems like too many. Well, the first couple of, I want to say two of the first three outings, he was roughed up pretty good, and he was a little better after that, but he, he's still not been great. And he's had some cupcake matchups too, which is why recently he's popped in, the, in a lot of projections, as you, as you mentioned here. But uh, again, and I think he's had the White Sox, he's had San Francisco in San Francisco, you know, things like that. Even in San Francisco, he wasn't great. So this is a tough ballpark, tough matchup. The Cubs can get right-handed heavy. They smash lefties. They're patient. I like Smiley overall, and I think he's talented. I think he could probably resurrect his career. Uh, he's been pretty up and down this season, but um, this is just on a matchup where I think I'm going to go there. I think I'm more comfortable going out to Rodriguez and saving that money and, and hoping he can squeak by because um, there's certainly more striker potential in Smiley, but it's awful risky tonight. I don't think I'm playing enough lineups to get to him, but I, but I see why you would play him. We'll take a look at the lineup HQ yet later as far as the screen share. We'll fire up the ownership projections. We'll fire up. Uh, I'm curious what the, the totals are, the projected totals as far as strikeouts. And I just pulled up the bat on my own. And uh, don't look now, but I feel like the bat's going to like Smiley as like an SB2. And, uh, yeah, he's got a pretty good projection when you consider dollar for dollar. Hmm. He's projected around 15 points for what it's worth, which I would love 15 points. Yeah. I, I would lock button 15 points. Uh, I agree. He can get more, but he most certainly can get less than 15 points. Yep. Uh, anything else as far as pitchers? Like, it's pretty straightforward. We like Darvish. We like Gray. You like Pineda as a pivot off. I don't know why I'm summarizing it for you. You're sp- I'm the host. You're the expert, Pepsi. <laughs> you summarize it for the people that are just joining late. I mean, you were doing such a good job there. But, yeah, Darvish is your SP1. Uh, SP2 in cash is Gray. Certainly, you can go to Gray off of Darvish in, in tournaments. I think Pineda is interesting as well. It'd be lower owned, much lower owned than those two guys. We mentioned we didn't really like the mid-tier too much, but I guess Sanchez is the guy that I would maybe trust the most to have maybe a quality start in there. Uh, I'm more apt to go down to Derek Rodriguez. Of course, again, this is uh, GBPs. I think you stick with two of those three arms and, and cash from the top two arms, of course. So Sanchez mid-tier, Derek Rodriguez is your value play. There is some merit to Smiley if you're multi-entering in GPPs. There is some striker potential there, but uh, I think I said with the Cubs bats a little more than anything here. We have my, uh, my burner account talking in chat, so I, I will appease my, my burner, uh, my doppelganger. Uh, how do you not talk about Lopez and Alex Young? Um, I mean, you want to pay 
the price for Alex Young, by all means, I guess he can be okay and survive, but I, whatever. I mean, you're basically the, the roster now with Alex Young in the hopes, hopes like people around him get smashed. Uh, but you tell me, do you have any interest as far as Lopez and, and Young? Because whatever, if you're MME and if you're rolling out 150 lineups like Blender and Chat is probably doing, I suppose you don't X them out necessarily. But my pitches tonight are going to be pretty concise, and it sounds like yours are as well. Yeah, and I'm only playing six lineups, so I don't have to get too cute. Um, you know, I think Young and Lopez could be fine, uh, but, you know, point per dollar-wise, I think it's a little highly priced, you know. If these guys were $6,600 in that same Drew Smiley range, yeah, I'd be on board. But um, the, the price is too high. Lopez could be fine. He's inconsistent against an Angels team that's, uh, you know, a, a solid team, and they don't strike out a ton here, a little more than they have over the season. But uh, I guess it gives the edge to Lopez there if you're hoping for one of those gems. But Alex Young hasn't really shown us much, and uh, – it's San Francisco, but the price point's so high. I just don't see a lot of upside here again. So that's probably why I won't pay that price for them. But I wouldn't say cross them off the list in a, in a multi-enter. Yeah, Alex Young in the season's got a K rate of 20.4%. The San Fran projected lineup has a K rate of 19.6%. You know, nothing to get too excited about, obviously. And as far as Lopez, he's had his moments for sure, but he's facing an Angels team. that We don't have the lineup. We do have the lineup, actually. The lineup is uh, – we talked about how this lineup has changed. You know, obviously, no angle from Simmons. He is hurt, and they got – uh, Feist is in the lineup there today. So I think it's actually worth mentioning. 23.9% uh, as far as the Ks this year for the Angels. So this is like not the Angels you knew of a couple months ago. Goodwin leading off at 26% as far as K potential. Upton at 25%. Feist at 33%. And, and the back half, Stassi at 30%. He's also new. Tobar at 25 yeah. And Rangifo at 22 So Yeah. Let's, let, now that you see that lineup, it's a little weaker. As you said, over almost 24% in there. You got Thice in there. You're missing Pujols. You're missing Simmons. A uh, couple of contact guys there. So uh, a little more enticing now. Like I said, it definitely Lopez over Young for me. And maybe in that mid-tier, the guy is uh, Lopez over over Sanchez. Now, I think Sanchez might be a little safer, but Lopez has more upside. So in a tournament, I would give Lopez the edge now, looking at that Angels lineup. But again, I'm still not in love with him. I, I, I think in cash, you definitely still want to get a, a Darvish-Gray combination, ideally. Yeah, the other part of that, Lopez, of course, but 20% uh, K rate in the season, 17.3% the lefties. Uh, you know, what, what are we really going to get out of Lopez? He could be fine, I suppose. All right, that's pitchers. Let's talk about sticks. Give me a hitter or two. Give me a core play. Who are we building our lineups around? I feel like it was, uh, I kind of might have spoiled it before as far as Minnesota. Is that what we're on as far as the first team we're looking at? Yeah, it's the Twins bats, and, and for me, it's Kepler's the guy. I think at GPPs, you can go Rosario for sure, more power, but but Kepler's just been a beast versus right-handed pitching all year long. You know, hitting out that leadoff hole, he's got a 367 Woba, 302 ISO. You know, he's just an absolute beast, and he's going to be a staple in my in my cast game lineups here tonight. Um, again, Rosario and GPPs, sure, and there's a, there's a bunch of Twin bats you can make a case for. Really, that entire lineup's in play versus a rookie pitcher here in that ballpark and, and that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be picking on him for sure. We're going to be picking on uh, Waka, his reverse splits as well. I think he's in play worth picking on. But uh, it's catchers, Pepsi. You got to talk catchers. Adam Plutko, this is just a terrible spot for him at Yankee Stadium with all his homers, all his fly balls against, uh, you know, Gary the Goat, Gary Sanchez, probably a little bit too cheap as far as how catchers go. And we do have Beef Castillo in there if you want to go all the way to the floor. Like we've seen the last couple of days, what the – most playable catcher has been like 3K or so on DK. Of course, you don't have to play one uh, on Fanny's draft. You don't have to play one anywhere else necessarily. Like it's Yahoo as well. But uh, are we making it a priority to play Sanchez in our lineups? Because that's the tricky part is getting Sanchez and double barrel as far as pitchers, because that's usually one of the places to make double barrel work. 
that's kind of one of my quandaries right now. Are we prioritizing Gary Sanchez? Yeah, out of my six lineups, I plan to play him. Six lineups on DK, that is. I plan to pay. Uh, plan to. Pay, oh, I can't even speak today here. Plan to play. Easy for me to say. Gary Sanchez on Hafton. So three of my six lineups will have Sanchez. I love him today. You know, it might be the best Yankee bat in that lineup right now. And Plutka, obviously, a fly ball pitcher. Um, it throws a lot of strikes. Not a good combination in Yankee Stadium versus these bats here. So love Sanchez. And I agree. Maybe a little underpriced. And not too often we want to pay up a catcher. But I really like him tonight. Where I'm not going to get to Sanchez, I want to get to Castro. I don't know how many times I'm going to get there because I feel like that $600 window is pretty close. So I'll likely try to get to Sanchez. And I do think there's some merit to playing Beef Castillo because I think the White Sox are a little sneaky versus Heaney. And uh, the Beast got some power here, good ballpark. And um, $2,600, I mean, that's pretty cheap. So it's probably as low as I will go down here. So those are likely the only three catchers I'm going to use. You know, there's obviously a few other guys you can throw in there, but for me, I want to get to Sanchez. If I can, I'll go to Castro. And if I need to save money, I'm going to go to Castillo. Plicko on the season, by the way, as far as lefties, he's striking at 10.4%, 18% of righties. Uh, the Woba against lefties, 351. The Woba against righties, 344. The ISO, 244 versus lefties, 277 versus righties. Uh, Plicko's just been an, an absolute disaster, uh, giving up 2.34 homers per nine. Uh, you know, the Sierra is almost a point higher than his ERA suggests. Uh, not going to miss any bats, and he's giving up too many fly balls. Uh, 50% fly balls to lefties, 51% to righties. It, this uh, this feels like a really, really strong spot, obviously, for the Yankees. Uh, first base, Pepsi, set the table. I will say also, Gary Sanchez, where he's priced reasonably, which is pretty much industry-wide, you can play him at utility as well, like infield on fantasy draft, utility on, on FanDuel as well. I don't think you just have to save him for DK. But first base, I think it's C.J. Crowley. I mean, I'm going to start a lot of these positions off with a twin. Obviously, they got the best ballpark. It's warm in sacks. It's great hitting environment. The bullpen's terrible. Uh, Piano's not that good of a pitcher. Uh, he's not a top prospect by any means. So I, I think we can go twins everywhere. Uh, I think Joey Votto's a nice cash game play versus Waka. Waka's a guy we can certainly pick on. So if you're looking for that safe cash game guy, Votto, reasonably a price. C.J. Crowley's who I want, period. And... Uh, you know, Jose Abreu might be that interesting contrarian play. Again, I like some of these White Sox bats versus Heaney in case he's off. And on Fandle, of course, you can also play Marlon Gonzalez at first base if you need to save a little bit of money. Yeah, that's basically all the ones I have. Uh, I, don't mind, I don't mind Rizzo, lefty on lefty versus Smiley as a tournament play. I think that's a great play in stacks for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to be a little bit different. I'm trying to see if I find a way to be different. I'm a little bit I – mean, I just see the price on Reese Hoskins, and he's so cheap. But we both love you, Darvish, so I'm probably not going to do it, but I get it. Uh, and speaking of cheese, by the way, in crunch time yesterday, he did a really good piece where he just talked about how Reese Hoskins just been – he's not necessarily cold. His fly ball is just not going over the fence. They will go over the fence soon enough. Uh, hopefully, if you roster you Darvish tonight, that continues at least for one more game. I don't really have much else as far as as far as far first base. If you want to spend all the way up on the Fab Five, Fab Five Freddy, by all means, go for it. Um, you know – Pineda historically has had some issues with giving up homers. I suppose you can roster a somewhat overpriced Danny Santana. I have no issues with that, but I have nothing else here at first unless, uh, unless you have anything we can move on. I don't, but in the chat here, somebody mentioning, and I don't think we did get an answer, mentioning the pitch count on the no-hitter. Did we ever get a number from you, Dean? I, I kind of asked you how long or how deep before you yank a guy in that situation with a meaningless season. Did you actually give us a number for an answer? No, I, I was playing dodgeball. Did, uh, I, you know, the, the five Ds, dip, duck, dive, dodge, and dip. I think I used at least two of those Ds. Uh, I did not answer the question, but what's the point? Like, 
I, I always talk about how stupid like uh, cycles are and no hitters are cool. Okay, great. Celebrate a no hitter. But at what cost, especially like, why push a guy and risk? And who knows what it actually is? Nobody really knows. Nobody can say scientifically. It's picks like 115 to 125 where it puts extra stress and all of a sudden, you know, Kerry Wood or Mark Pryor is going to happen. Like, I don't know. Who, who's to say? And back in the old days, like I'm sure Nolan Ryan is like, you know, you, you pull in a guy at 95 pitches because of an arm issue potentially. It was ridiculous. Those guys would go nine on the reg. So, again, I don't know. But I think the way he's been prepped, like Caleb Smith is a guy – that doesn't throw 115, 120 pitches. It just doesn't happen. And what's the point? Like, great. Say you get a no-hitter. Good for you. And I think the Marlins actually pulled somebody. It just happened for them maybe a year or two ago, a couple years ago, where Mattingly was the manager. I don't remember who it was. Maybe somebody in chat does. But I feel like this similar situation did happen for Miami. Um, Here's a question for you then. Okay, so he's at 112 going into the ninth with a no-hitter. Yeah, I mean – I, I guess, I mean, have a guy ready. You definitely have somebody ready, like, once, uh, you know, once somebody gets on. I, it's cool for, like, team morale and all that kind of stuff, and it's great for a personal achievement. So, so you're letting him go at 112 in the ninth, yes? Probably, I guess. It's probably so he's got good. one out, and he walks somebody, and now he's at 121. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, but what's his history? How, how important is he to the future of the franchise? I don't know. I'm just. I'm more. I'm more. More lenient when it comes to the, the no hitter here. I'd like the kid to. I'd like to see the kid get it. So I'd probably be pretty lenient, knowing that maybe he has to take a starter two off. You know, what you could do. I think too. Once you get in those innings six, seven, eight, where you got the no hitter going, just stop throwing as many uh, warm up pitches as well. What do they show? Eight to ten pitches in between innings. Just. I think it's eight. Yeah. So just cut that off, or just throw a couple to stay loose, and and that will save you some pitches too later on. But. Uh, Interesting question that you still have an answer, but uh, we can move on. It is funny, though, like something Noe ever talks about. Like, we've seen relievers before, like, warm up, like, three or four times in the bullpen in one single game. Yeah. Like, stuff like that, like, probably shouldn't be happening. You know, and obviously they aren't going full, full force necessarily, but they're going close to. It's a, it's a conversation for another show probably, another day. Uh, second base, Pepsi, keeps the position. What do you have for me? Because this is one of the weaker spots as far as I can tell. Yeah, I'm not in love with anything. I mean, it's deep. You could make a case for Escobar. You could make a case for LeMayhew, Albies. All these guys are fine. Um, even Altuve, I guess, as well, obviously. But I think that if you're not going to go to Arias, who's in the sixth hole, in a pretty good spot. Again, I don't have to have Luis Arias out of all my twins. I think I want to save some money. I think I think Joe Panic's interesting. The two-hole versus Toronto has always struggled versus lefties. Again, are we getting a lot out of him? No, but multi-hit games there. Um you also got over on Fando, you got Josh uh, Rojas, who's dirt cheap as well, hitting out of the two holes. So, Panic, Rojas, Arias, I think that's kind of where I'm at, looking to save some money, mid-tier, low-tier. I don't think I'm going to get to, you know, because I want to pay up at pitcher, ideally, and I want to get some Sanchez and Castro at catcher. So, I don't really want to pay up for, like, Escobar's and Otube. So, I'm just looking to save some money here at second base, and we've got three pretty good options. Yeah, I'm tilted, man. I thought Rojas – I know he was second-base eligible on FanDuel, and he wasn't in the player pool anywhere else, and I was hoping he would crack second here uh, on DK because that's a spot we don't like it, but uh, he's in the outfield, and he's 3K. Um, and he, he's uh, – you know, in the minor leagues, he's shown some pop, and he showed some speed, and he's facing yep. Derek Rodriguez, who's yep. like – not. he's a minor league pitcher. So, uh, yeah, and he's batting second as well. So, I, is he still 2K on FanDuel? What's the price over there? Yep, uh, I think he went up to 28 on FanDuel. Oh, but I, I think Panic's 22 as well. So if you need the extra savings, you could go to him as well. I think both Rolos and, and Panic are good cash game plays. 
especially when you're doubling up on pitcher, or even on FanDuel, if you're, if you're going with Darvish and you want to get some of these big Yankees or twins in there, you could second base is the one position you could, you could easily punt or you could use one of these guys or both at utility in second, I guess, if you wanted to. Yeah, and you mentioned Arreyes. I don't want that price on him. Obviously, we like him as being a part of that team, and I want him, of course, to come up with a couple of guys on, and he kind of sort of needs to. And that probably will happen. Yeah. So does absolutely shellacking. But he kind of yeah. needs ducks in the pond because, you know, good hitter, 400 Woba, but his ISO in the season uh, is 132. It leaves a lot to be desired. So kind of punchless, kind of a throwback to, like, you know, hitters back in the – you know, he's, he's not this uh, guy banging out a lot of homers just yet, but he doesn't strike out either, 7% as far as his K, K rate so far this season against right-handers and we talked about Payano worth noting I suppose it's worth noting but Payano did a he showed a, an ability to strike guys out in the minors it was like 26 27 percent if you combine you know triple a and double a but uh so far in the majors in a smaller sample it hasn't happened just yet although the swinging right strike rate suggests again small samples that he probably is due a couple more uh k's all right uh anything else in second or shall we jump to third the hot corner. Miguel Sano is my boy there. I guess you could play Marvin Gonzalez as well if you're looking to save a little bit. But uh, Sano is the guy I like. Bat in the two-hole. Very interesting. Maybe an extra bat in there for him on the road. I love it. I love Sano. I love the Twins, obviously. And I think I like Chris Bryant more than a Bregman. I'm not as big on the Astros here. I know Fires is hittable, but he's, he's that guy that just always goes out, it seems, throws the quality start, gives up three runs. Sure, they can be home runs. Um, I just don't love the Astros here today, but I think Chris Bryant and a couple of these right-handed cubby bats uh, Baez being one, of course, Castellanos being another one. We'll get to him later on. Versus Smiley in that ballpark are interesting as well. So I'd ranked him Sano, Marwin, and Bryant at third base. Also, too, Ahino uh, Suarez. I mean, Waka is still very hittable. And I think he's definitely further down on that list. And I guess you can even throw Escobar in there versus Rodriguez. So the position gets quite deep after the Twins here. But uh, I think Sano, Marwin, and, and Bryant are an easy top three for me. Let's talk about Waka. I love that Suarez play. We almost always play AO ADO, at least he pops, uh, against lefties. Historical, he's a lefty master. He loves, loves facing those southpaws. But uh, Waka is an absolute disaster versus same-handed hitting versus righties this year. Bad versus everybody, to be clear. Uh, you know, 216 ISO versus lefties. 260 uh, ISO versus righties. That's 60 or 50. My eyes are failing me. This monitor is far away from me in the office. So I should put that bigger font in that or something like that. Or I get a new prescription but a 415 woba and a, two, a 260 iso versus righties for walking at 250 batters uh that is that is terrible the weird thing pepsi of course is he's got a fly ball rate of just what 25 percent, 26 percent against righties and i was kind of digging this up today i'm pretty sure don't quote me on this i believe the home run the fly ball rate this year versus righties is 30 percent, which is that's a that's high that's a lot of balls going over the fence now maybe there's a correction coming i suppose in theory there should be but um yeah, uh, for now, I want the righties uh, against good old Michael Walker. You know who else is lurking as far as uh, righty power in Cincinnati? I'm going to say, Queen, you know you're talking about? Yeah, Aristides. We're not, we're not to outfield here yet. I, I noticed that uh, Javi Baez, I kind of mentioned him before we got the shortstop, but Baez has been scratched. I didn't catch that. So in case you didn't see that other deal, it looks like Baez scratched for Hap. Oh, boy. All the smiley. Interesting, eh? Does that move the needle? I mean, you know, it's a slight upgrade, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still going to love that Brian Castellanos combination, but he can still succeed even with those two guys having success versus him, too. So that's uh, makes Smiley more interesting. Once you start seeing the Cubs scratch Baez in that lineup, you look at the Angels lineup that come out a little bit, uh, you know, maybe maybe there's some more movement going towards uh, Lopez and Smiley now. Pepsi, just uh, I don't want to – this is your first warning, but you mentioned Castellanos, and he plays in the outfield, and we haven't got the outfield yet. So, you I know, know. – 
I just we were talking about Cubs righties, so I said Baez, if you hadn't got to third yet either, or short yet either, and Castellanos along with Bryant, whereas you kind of threw Aquino out of nowhere as an outfielder. Not out of nowhere. I said, you know what other power is lurking on the Reds on the right side? That's clearly not – that's out of right in front of your face. I guess it correlates. I guess it correlates, but uh, (laughs) I don't want to give it to you. Judges? D-Train? Oh, just dead air. He's not even, he's not even listening. He can't be asleep. Asleep. Oh, we know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. He does not have his mic on or something. Uh, I was waiting for an answer just for the two of us to be satisfied. But uh, I was pretty excited to hear from him. Pretty disappointed in you, D-Train, i got to be honest. That was seven seconds of magical internet television for sure. At least it, sounded, it felt like it was that long. Aquino, by the way, side note, I'm fairly certain he um, – he, uh, yeah, there you go, Devin in the chat. That there's, there's a show on? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> not much of one. You're not missing anything. <laughs> he's working on a crossword puzzle or something. Who knows what he's up to? Family. <laughs> there you go. It's an office reference for Pepsi. Good job, uh, Aquino. I believe I, I saw this on the old Twitter machine, so it must be true. He, um, he's the quickest person to eight home runs ever. Which uh, does that mean anything? I don't know, but good for him. I mean, we've seen a couple of records like that. We saw uh, Bichette, my boy, I guess he is, because he's a Blue Jay. You always reference the fact that he's my boy as a Blue Jay. But uh, uh, first player to ever have uh, multi-hit games in his first, what was it, 10 or 12, something like that. So we've seen a few records this year. And I was talking earlier about the fact that some of these kids coming up and just raking. Jordan Alvarez, Aquino, Bichette, we've just seen guys come up and just start mashing immediately. But, uh, yeah, we also saw Aquino walk finally, too, which is nice. By the way, uh, speaking of the Twitter machine, and, and this is a callback to yesterday's show, Pepsi, you asked for it. There was a, by the way, we're not behind on time. We're right on time. We've got plenty of time as far as hitters, plenty of time. We'll do a little screen share. We'll show the people a little peek behind the premium uh, paywall. We'll, we'll knock out all your questions. Pepsi's going to give you some stacks. I'll tell you, tell you he's going to homer. He's going to give you a jack in the bag. But uh, Pepsi, yesterday you were talking about adding ketchup to your macaroni and cheese. And I said, you know what? I'm going to satisfy that thought. And we're going to go ahead and fire up a, uh, a Twitter poll for the people out there. And I asked, you know, do you like adding ketchup to your macaroni and cheese? Yes, no, or I'm indifferent. And you said 35% of the people are going to say yes. Actually, I said 38%. And you actually changed it. You said indifferent. You have indifferent throws it off. I wanted yes or no, but um, you also said yes, it's delicious. I just, you kind of, you know, you kind of skewed those oh, votes. Yes, right. it's delicious. No, it's gross. I'm in, I, first of all, I'm indifferent to it is like in the middle. And it also, some people just want to see the results and they don't really want to vote. So you can click that one just to see. Uh, I see. Okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. Okay. For the record, 8% of people agree with you, Pepsi. Wow. That's, I didn't expect it to be that low. That's, uh, that's surprising. <laughs> the one guy that I thought was pretty funny comes out there and goes, ketchup on food. What are we, eight years old? <laughs> I'm like, why do you have to be eight to have ketchup? I mean, I think it's pretty popular. He then replies with, I only use it on my burger and fries. He put it later on. I'm going, <laughs> eight-year-old then? Just what a dumb answer. You can't say that and then come back with, I also use it on this and this. What? If you're going to reply to everybody on Twitter when you think they're wrong, you'll just never oh, be But I, I want to see the poll tonight. We talked about peanut butter, smooth versus crunchy. I love crunchy. I like them both, yeah. but I prefer crunchy. I think I can easily hit the 38% mark on crunchy. Do you not? Yeah, I, I feel like it's got a split. I feel like we're splitting that one. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's, I think smooth is a lot higher. I, I will say no more than 43% on crunchy. Pepsi, we talked about second. Oh, second kind of stinks. I think shortstop is loaded tonight. Uh, at the top, two of my favorite plays, Polanco versus Payano. Payano, uh, all those P's, they tripped you up. They tripped me up as well, too. Uh, and then, of course, you talk about the home run issues with Plucko, how he's not missing backs. Didn't get 25 balls. We know that short porch there in right field for Yankee Stadium. You got Didi Gregorius batting third, taking a jump in that lineup. And, like, 
even yeah. if they smash, like if you know, only play eight innings, he's got a decent shot at those five ABs. At the top, those are my two favorite. Of course, you got Lindor, always a jack-in-the-bag special there against the Yankees in their bullpen, Chad Green. I think Loisica is projected to be the long man for him. Where are you at as far as shortstop? Because I think this is like one of the best positions in the infield in the entire slate. It is pretty deep. Remember, Baez has been scratched here now, but there's two guys I'm really focusing on. That's Polanco and Didi, as you mentioned here. Polanco loved these twins bats, and Polanco always seems to get overlooked. Rosario, Kepler are popular. Cruz generally when he's healthy. And, of course, there's value there. So Polanco, again, I think it's overlooked here. I love Polanco. I'll pay up to have him. Uh, Didi as well. I love him. I'll probably split them 3-3, maybe 4-2 Polanco in my six lineups. I do think that Tim Anderson's interesting, and, and I just I like these White Sox bats a little bit as a contrarian place. I mean, he's right, as we talked about. You know, we talked about Beef Wellington, McCann, Abreu, Tim Anderson, out of that two holes, interesting. You know, you can make a case for Lindor, as you said, or Correa, but for me, it's easily Polanco and Didi at the top here. You're on mute, Dean. <laughs> After Detroit and I bugged you, back-to-back days pre-show about the mute button, he actually makes the mistake. Perfect. I was throwing a perfect game. I was like Caleb Smith, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> not really. It wasn't a perfect right. game. It was a quality start, I think. You know, it went, went about five or six, gave him a couple runs. I guess it had to be six. I thought about letting you go longer, but I thought, you know what, then D-Train's going to get on us for wasting time here. <laughs> how long would you have gone, do you think, before you noticed? I wonder how long you would have gone before you realized. I didn't notice at all. I, I was just still, I was just powering on through, man. Um, all right. I was, I was talking about it. I'm not sure. I guess you couldn't hear me. I was still, <laughs> no. still, still cheap. Uh, he's still disappointing. He's still in a good matchup against good old Plucko and all his homers, all his fly balls and not missing bats. Um, I know you like those twins, obviously. They got Kapler. They got Rosario. Uh, depending on where you're shopping on DK, I believe Kapler's actually, uh, Kepler is actually uh, cheaper than Rosario for what it's worth. Uh, similar price, but just a little bit cheaper. I know you're on those Minnesota Twins. Cave is super cheap. Uh, depending on where you're shopping, he's very cheap on Fanduel. I think he's the minimum. He's also not very good at baseball, but he's facing Texas. Uh, what are you doing as far as the outfield? Yeah, it's all the Minnesota bats first. I like the Brian Castellanos combo, as I mentioned here. Uh, we got to mention Mike Trout. I don't love the matchup for Trout, but, I mean, Trout's a guy that's going to be highly on their own, I think, again. Uh, Aaron Judge is one of those Yankee bats you want to get a piece of. And uh, three other dudes for you here. Michael Conforto. David Peralta, and uh, again, Rojas is pretty cheap in the outfield. Yeah, what is up with the Peralta price? I believe he's 4K on DK and 7-2 on Fantasy Draft. That's that's too cheap, right? Yeah, both Conforto and um, and uh, Peralta mash righties here, and both these righties struggle versus lefties. So it's uh, it's uh, two nice individual one-offs. Yeah, I know you talked about Castellanos uh, earlier in the show. Out of order... Uh, you talked about him. You know, we were talking about Cubs righty, so I think the judge will give it to me. The judge awake this time. Will you give that one to me, D-Train? Yeah. Yes, I got it. Yeah, baby. He's answering a question from a half hour ago. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's for real. We talked about Votto being a decent cast game play at first. Now I'm, I'm reading that he was scratched as well. I don't know if that's... Everybody's getting scratched. Just in case, Votto may have been scratched as well. All the Michael Walker. Our pets' heads are falling off. Um, no, we're not playing. Mike. About seven more guys would have to get scratched for Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, just as long as the Punisher's in there, there's no chance we're playing Michael Walker. Maybe two Cincinnati. more. I mean, if Suarez and Aquino were also out, I'd consider them. So who's going to play base? Is it going to be Van Meter? Who's going to be playing baseball for a uh... – well, I guess we'll get we'll that. we to watch for that, but um, – huh. yeah. we'll so, the, the chat's saying Van Meter. If we can trust the chat, uh, I'm refreshing. They're usually right. They're usually pretty good at this. That's why I brought that up. So, 
Uh, Pepsi, we're doing a screen share. What do you want to do? You want to jump to, uh, I kind of teased, I talked about the, uh, the not the plate IQ, but we were talking about, oh, I have the bat here. I have all sorts of pages up that I was Expert ready to survey or the um, lineup headquarters. I was, I was lineup headquarters. Of course it's headquarters. It's not HQ because you know, you like to be precise and technical. Well, that is the name of it actually. So, well, I think it's lineup HQ. If you want to stay on brand, I'm pretty sure that uh, D train also mentioned it should be called headquarters. I'm pretty sure he answered a question from a half hour ago. Uh, <laughs> what, what do we have as far as umpire data? Anything kind of pop? Anything sort of interesting? There's no extremes. That's kind of rare. Oh, no extremes either way. We've got Gray and Darvish both with uh, pitching umpires, but yeah, you know, it's much. And then Pineda as a hitter umpire. But again, I, I think those are all fairly neutral and they're not extreme either way. So uh, I'm not overly concerned whatsoever with the umpires tonight. What do you think of this, Pepsi, as far as the K props that are out there? Uh, we got Darvish, Gray, and Smiley all with the same K prop at six and a half. Now, of course, the juice on Darvish and the juice on Gray is on the over, and the juice on Smiley is on the under. But that's still kind of sort of somewhat interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I was surprised with that as well. I would definitely go under on Smiley. I just feel like Chicago could get to him here, and I think even if he throws the gem, five or six Ks are fine. Um, I would go over as well on Darvish pretty easily, too. I know the juice is telling us to do that, but uh, I would go that. And then really, Sonny Gray, I mean, I'm just kind of – I don't know what to do with Gray too much tonight. I, I I don't love the matchup for him, and he's regressed a little bit here. What do you think? Six and a half? Would you? What would you do with that number? I'm taking the over, man. The card, the card will stink. Uh, yeah. If you're gonna force me to pick a side, uh, I'll take the over on that. Gray, you know, against lefties, against righties, doesn't matter. Basically, the same K rate. Uh, this lineup here that, that St. Louis is rolling out, it, it's it's K heavy at the top with Fowler, Carpenter, and Goldie, all at 25, 26, 25 percent. Of course, they're the better hitters as well. But, you know, Ks are king. That's what we care about. Uh, we talked about this rookie. We don't really know much about him. He is projected to strike out in the majors according to the projection models around, you know, low 20s, whatever. Um, yeah, give it the over as far as gray. Let's fire up. I just jumped to play that cue, but I do want to fire up what's going on as far as the ownership projections. So, yes, as we mentioned all the time here, uh, Pepsi, they are fluid. They will change uh, as we move closer and closer to lock and get more and more precise. And, Oh, boy. Uh, we're not the only ones that like Darvish. He's projected right now at 40% in tournaments. That's a big number. That is a big number, but, but it just makes sense. I mean, he is pitching the best. He's got the most upside. Uh, the price is still reasonable. Industry-wide here, we're not, we're not paying like an ace-level price for him right now. So and with the lack of options in that top tier, it, it does make sense. And I'm perfectly fine eating the chalk with Darvish tonight and finding other ways to make it work because I'm really not intrigued with anybody else in that top tier or mid-tier or value-tier. I mean, you got a roster two of these guys. You're going to have some salary. And we talked about how bad uh, the, the mid-tier is. And we're going to hold our nose and be roster smiley. We don't really feel good about it. But, and, like, he's going to get some ownership for sure. Same deal with Rodriguez. That's mostly because he's super, super cheap. Um, Sanchez against Oakland, I guess, can be okay. But it's just not a lot to like out there, obviously. As far as the hitters, kind of jumping over to the hitters real quick. Uh, let's see what we have as far as the team ownership. We think, well, we have the Yankees and uh, oh, Houston. Uh, and then Minnesota. I think Houston's a little bit priced out uh, for what it's worth. They got Springer's a little bit too cheap. Of course, the ballpark's not great. Uh, they're getting a bit of a discount. Did you notice that as far as the Astros being outside of Houston? Not like Houston's this great hitter's park, but yeah. the cavernous. They're cheaper than usual. Um, that's for sure. But again, I just I just don't love them. The ballpark's not great. Again, Fires is just one of those guys that you look at the numbers and you and you want to pick on him based on the fact they throw strikes and he's a you know, fly ball pitcher. But he's just one of those guys that avoids hard contact pretty well here. So again, I think he just goes out, throws his quality start, goes up three runs. I just don't think it's worth 
stack in uh, Houston on tonight. Even though it's a short slate, they're certainly stackable. But again, I'm doing six lineups here, and I won't be stacking Houston. I think I'd have to get 10 or more to get there. You've got several people on me here in the chat to open up my mail. And yeah, I just, I feel like I'm backloaded as far as my RG mail. And if you guys are trying to contact me, you're probably just tweet me. If you really want to say something, I'm much more likely to see that than to see this. Uh, and speaking of mail, by the way, Pepsi, side notes, uh, I lost my mail key. And I thought it was going to cost like a lot of money to make a new mail key. So I thought like I could find it someplace. I never found it. I broke down and said, hey, I need a new mail key. And like, yeah, we got one for you. And this is like two months later. <laughs> so I just opened my mail for like two months ago. And I haven't really fully gone through it because it's, it's pretty imposing. It's pretty, it's a lot going on there. But um, I got some thank you cards. I got a birthday wish. Uh, I have a wedding invite, which I have not replied to. I apologize. You might be out there watching. Uh, I'm a terrible person. And the other part is, is that like, as a single guy, uh, and like, and most of my, all my bills are done electronically. Like, you know, I have like seven Bed Bath & Beyond coupons now. Like, I don't know. How, I was going to say how often you check your mail, but you actually have like a, like a mailbox and like a house. So you probably do that on the reg. Well, it's just, it's down the street from you, one of those big outside mailbox thingies. So I'd probably oh. go over a couple of days or so, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I pay most of the bills electronically. I don't got to worry about it. But two things I'm surprised at. A, that after two months, you finally left your apartment. Good for you. I'm proud of you. And <laughs> Same building for what it's worth. It's still inside. But yes, oh, so you didn't actually go outside a couple months. That makes sense. And then B, I guess, um, somebody invited you to their wedding. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, you know, good. Yeah. At least they didn't put me in the wedding party. That's the worst. Do oh. not, I do not want to be in your wedding party. I agree. Too much work. And you know what? I'm not a big wedding guy either. I don't drink. I don't really dance. It's almost like when you got, when you're the friend that's borderline, they're talking about the wedding. I got to be honest. I'm always thinking to myself, oh man, please don't invite me. I want to be invited. Don't insult me and not invite me. Like uh, give me the opportunity to say no. <laughs> you can't say no when a buddy asks you to a wedding. I, I feel like I can't say no. That's why it's like, I hope I just missed the cut here because yeah. I can't say no. And then I got to buy a nice gift or, Oh, I the money and I don't want to be the cheap guy. So I usually go a little overboard just to make sure I'm not that guy. And oh, this is a whole Seinfeld episode. I think. For whoever uh, wedding you go to, I sure hope you don't uh, give wedding gifts like the way you tip. But we do have uh, a, we have to knock out some questions here in chat. They're loading up. But before we do that, Pepsi. Fake news, Dean. Fake news. Give me, give me your favorite stacks and give me some guys that are going to homer. Three guys. All right, Twins are my favorite stack. Yeah, the chalky. It is what it is. The Yankees are second. Same thing. Uh, I like the Cubs righties, minus Baez, of course, now. And I think the White Sox are a nice sneaky stack today versus Heaney. Home runs, top tier Rosario, mid tier Aaron Judge for value, Josh Rojas. And uh, Jack in a bag. I got two tiers for you Mike Trout up top and Rojas for value. Well, I wonder, usually let me play along. You didn't let me play along that time. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I felt like you were kind of rushing me, so I did it really quickly. <laughs> All right, questions loading up in chat. Got about seven minutes or so before we knock out as many as possible. Uh, of course, uh, if you guys are premium members, you get your question answered by Cardi and Crunch Time coming up next with Roth. We'll knock out any weather if anything out there is lurking. Uh, one more homer. Who's a good low-owned homer? Give me somebody off the board, Pepsi. Give me somebody like 10% or less. Who's going to bang one out? Castellanos? Yeah. Is he going to be more than 10%? I, I'll take the over on that. No, no. G give me somebody else. Give me somebody a little more ambitious. Hmm. Well, it's not going to be Votto or Baez. That's what I'll tell you for sure. Uh, Conforto? Okay. I'll, judges will accept that. Uh, who is your top tier uh, for starting? Who is in your top tier for starting pitcher? We kind of talked about that. Uh, feel free to reiterate. Yeah, it's definitely you, Darvish, for all the reasons we talked about earlier. His K to walk rate's been terrific. He's striking out guys. He's not walking anybody. 
uh, a lot of these, uh, you know, right, the, the Phillies in general, right-handed heavy, especially the better hitters. So Darvish should be fine. Uh, I trust him more than anybody. I like his upside the most. So he's the top guy in all formats. Gray's your number two in cash or even in GPPs. And Pineda's interesting because he's going to get a lot lower ownership. I'm going to have some uh, Pineda as well to pivot off of Darvish. You're building a Yankees stack tonight. How do you prioritize it? Kind of sort of build it. Talk it out. What uh, site am I on here? Any site. Doesn't specify. I, I mean, top five on Fantasy Draft and and um, and DraftKings. I want to go top five. Um, on FanDuel, I can't go five. So, uh, ooh, the one bat I would leave out is probably Ursula. I think LeMahieu, Judge, Gregorius, or Sanchez are the top four. Uh, are people still stubbornly playing uh, Judge? I know I am. Are you? Are you still? Like you can't not play him in a stack. I love him as a one-off again too. Like you dug into the numbers for Hoskins, the underlying numbers for Judge still show us this is a good hitter, still making good contact, still a good eye, still putting the ball in the air. So I, I'm not too concerned with Judge, and you just can't not have him in a stack. If the Yankees go off, you could have that multi-homer game. Uh, thoughts on a White Sox leverage stack versus Heaney? Uh, they were talking about Jesus talking about on the premium podcast. Or like, I've heard most people talk about how like leverage is sort of an overrated uh, word used. And I don't know how popular he is going to be, uh, you know, on DK and fans draft. He'll be popular to some degree or more so on Vandal. Uh, if you're going to build a leverage stack there for Chicago, I assume we're starting with a brave, right? Yeah, he's your top bat. And again, I liked him as a sneaky stack. I like Tim Anderson second, Jimenez probably third. And then and both the catcher options of McCann and Castillo, whether you want to go to utility or use the catcher there. I think two through six is what I'm interested in, but Abreu, uh, Anderson and Jimenez will be the top three bats. Uh, thoughts of Tehran? No mention of him. Why did we not talk about Tehran? We kind of mentioned him in passing. I mean, if you're MMEing, I guess you can play him, but I'm not prioritizing. What's your take? Average pitcher, tough matchup. I'm not a tough matchup, but not a good matchup, I guess, versus the Mets here. They can show out a lot of lefties, which he struggles against. So price points high, thanks to his Marlins starts, and it's an average pitcher. So I just I just don't think he's worth it. Point per dollar, Tehran's not on my, uh, my uh, player pool list at all. I will say this, just two lefties tonight he's facing as far as panic and Conforto. But I'll also say this, uh, you know what his K rate is versus righties this year? 21.5%. You know what it is versus lefties this year? 21.4%. Oh, interesting. I mean, it, it, you know, that's his history is that he struggled more so versus lefties. Yeah. I just realized now there's only two lefties. That's interesting there. But, uh, I mean, can Tehran get a quality start? Sure. But that price point, I want a little more. So I'm going to pay up to get Darvish, Pineda, or Gray, or I'm going to pay down, and I still think I get some results to Tehran. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I just don't think there's a lot of upside at that price point. I think this might depend upon format. I got a twofer for you. They don't specify what format, but it's Darvish and Maldonado, uh, a punt catcher, versus Gary Sanchez and Eric's and, and Aaron Sanchez, the Sanchez brothers. Ooh, in a GPP, I would go to the Sanchez's, but in cash, I still want Darvish. Uh, can you handle a threesome? Absolutely. All right, threesome for cash. We got Boti, Didi, and Judge. Versus Arreyes, Polanco, and Dyson. I'm going to go with number one, actually, as much as I like the Twins. Yeah, they're asking to get about Tehran. The Mets are super deflated after last night's debacle. Does that matter? Do you factor that into your uh, your model, yeah, debacles? I don't. They're still in a playoff hunt. I mean, they went on that run there. They added Stroman. I mean, I think the, the clubhouse has probably got some good morale. They're what? Maybe they're two and a half out of the wild card now? I mean, now nah, you just bounce back pretty quick in Major League Baseball and uh, – I don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I mean, it is a, a little bit of a watered-down lineup, I guess. So, I, Tehran could be fine here, guys. There's just not a lot of upside, you know, in that high price point. So, Jordan Alvarez versus Kepler in tournaments. I mean, you know, I know you like Kepler as a better play, and so do, so do I, and so does every model. But I guess, you know, you can play the ownership game. It's sort of the question there. 
Yeah, I wouldn't talk you out of that. Absolutely not. Alvarez can hit two home runs off anybody anywhere, so I'm okay with that. I'm still going Kepler in tournaments over him. And again, I'll be contrarian elsewhere, but uh, I wouldn't talk you out of that at all. I just, I'm just getting at the, to the chat, kind of making my way down there, but there were some questions that were up before that. Grant is saying he's going to invite me to his wedding. Oh, please. With the invite, just tell me I don't have to come or like put it like in Dubuque or something like that where I don't have to go. I'm like, listen, I'd love to go. But would have you in the wedding party as well. Oh, no. I am not. No, I refuse to be in the wedding. I got to rent the tux. It's the whole process. No. You can't refuse the wedding party, dude. That's just, no, you get scratched right off the list then. <laughs> you don't have enough friends, Dean, to refuse wedding parties. You could take, I've been to enough weddings. You could take my spot. I'm good. Tell you what, if I get married. Oh. You will be in the wedding party. What are you doing oh. now? Are you really, you're walking away? Like you're coming to Canada. Oh, I have to go? So now not only are you buying a tux, you're buying a plane ticket. Oh my God. Can you have it in my backyard? How about you have the wedding in my backyard? Is that possible? I think, I don't know. Can you back out of that? <laughs> uh, we got a twofer. We got Judge and Van Meter versus Cassianos and Dyson. Judge Van Meter. Uh, Peralta versus Brantley. Cash Brantley. Peralta tournament. Puig versus Reyes. Puig is back in our lives. Yeah, Puig is back. Um, like Puig and Fran Mel Reyes we're talking here? I presume. Mm, I'm going to go Puig. Eddie Reyes, Eddie Reyes versus Puig. I'm going to say Puig just because he's hitting cleanup. He's a little higher. Maybe gets an extra bat there. I don't really love Cleveland versus this Yankee bullpen game, but I'd say Puig. Do what I mentioned once again. We're stepping aside. We're getting out of here, but also getting that free roll tonight. Uh, on Fantasy Draft, D-Train's going to go ahead and drop that link for you guys, not just in the RG chat, but in the YouTube chat as well. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. We much appreciate that. Uh, that's three entry max tonight. You can win yourself one of 25 tickets that are free and up for grabs. And again, if you jump into the, uh, the Rotor Grinders form audits, if you just put your screen name in there, that's all it costs you. It's your screen name. Uh, you uh, can win yourself some free Fantasy Draft swag. Finish strong, Pepsi. Give the people something we haven't necessarily focused on or Feel free to reiterate in something and, uh, you know, pound the, the point home. I'm trying to get all the P's in there as possible to go with the, the, the uh, whole deal as far as today's show. Give me something good, Pepsi. I'm going Darvish and the Twins heavy. I know it's a little chalky, and uh, I'll find other ways to be contrary. And you can stack the Twins differently. You can uh, mix and match some one-offs in there. But that's basically my strategy. Uh, a lot of guys also want to pair up, the, you know, with Derek Rodriguez and Aaron Sanchez. I don't love that. So maybe the way to go differently tonight is to go Darvish with Pineda. Darvish with Gray and get two of these top arms because we do have plenty of value. We talked about it. There's ways to get twins, a couple of good arms and some value in there. So that's probably the way I would tell you to be a little more contrarian as opposed to going down to your Aaron Sanchez, Smiley and Rodriguez tonight. Pepsi, Dean, crunch time, holler.